well, I'm actually pretty good at being alone at night. My name is Matthew Kroll. And let's check out this guy's search history. My name is Shahir Dowd. And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film that I am probably more excited than I actually like feel comfortable saying, but I'll do it anyway. <laughs> Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu, which is funny because I, I admitted this right before we started. I have no interaction with the Pokemon universe, so which is why I think it was important to bring in an educated guest that is on the subject. Hundred percent true, ladies and gentlemen of Rhyme City. It is my distinct pleasure to welcome for the first time to our show writer, director, producer, and actor. Not to mention. Professor Sycamore from the Pokemon animated series himself, Mr. Jake Pank. Uh, hey, what's up, guys? How are you? <laughs> Is that the Professor Sycamore voice? See, I wouldn't know. I, I would believe it if you said it was. <laughs> no, that was more just a Jake Pank, like, whispery voice. Oh, nice, okay. uh, getting sensual right from the top. Nice. That's what we, we really do want that just like right from the beginning. Um, no, this is so so terrific to have you on board because you know, like as I said, I know nothing. Absolutely, this is kind of a slightly unusual case because you know a lot of the times we're doing like somewhat obscure films, and I'll come in with a lot of history about, you know, like for example, our episode on Korean cinema. Sure. Um, and this is a case where I have absolutely no background, no standing, no knowledge, nothing. I'm a blank slate. For which to both of you to project your uh, your love or distaste. This wow. is perfect, Matt. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> finally a blank canvas for us to just paint just, on. just yeah. <laughs> and and we you're you're like um you're like Ash when he first started out. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I have okay. young vulnerable trainer just looking for leadership, looking for guidance, looking for anything. I I'm teach me the ways. <laughs> well, show me. Well, I want to I want to ask right off the bat though, like how do you think the Pokemon arrows, the tendrils of the Pokemon mm. like universe, how how did they miss you? See, for for a second there, I thought you were like there was actual tendrils, like they were actually like an, is an octopus. I mean, well, there are lots are. of tendrils. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a, but, quite a bit. I I'm I I guess I'm slightly older in the room. Um, I feel like uh, my watching of Saturday morning cartoons. These are Saturday morning cartoons, right? They, but also a card game. Mm -hmm. My but watch also a video, video game. game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My watching of Saturday we morning cartoons kind of ended with Voltron, the oh, original. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then I just I, entirely, I, I was not of the age. Let me yeah. ask you this though. And um, I didn't play. It didn't play any card games. Let me ask you this, Shahir. Yeah. Uh, is your did did you move away from these cartoons because of how you didn't get the role of the Black Power Ranger? Uh, well, <laughs> so this is a funny side story. <laughs> he seems sensitive. But, He's but, sensitive about that. But yeah. it's gonna it's gonna take a little bit of a dark turn this week because of an email we have. As always, you can email us in at onlymoviepodcast or hit us up on Twitter at onlymoviepod. Sure. And then email us in. At onlymoviepodcast so at gmail.com. Well. I boy. It, the amount of times I've gotten our email address wrong is uh is criminal. But what's not criminal is Will from Australia emailing us in saying two things. People don't usually clap or cry or whatever in Australian cinema, but they did in Endgame and also in Justice League. Wow. So this is in reference to our question that we asked a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Avengers Endgame. And we said, it, well, I felt it was slightly unusual that people were applauding the entire way through the movie. And I wanted to know if that was a uniquely American thing. I'm obviously from New Zealand, um, which is not common, but we have had uh, responses from Germany, from Taiwan, from Australia, all with a mixed bag, but all kind of saying the same thing, which is that... These are countries where people don't tend to applaud in theaters, but all did hmm. during Endgame. But, in this case, also in Justice League. 
So take that for what you want. I mean, I, uh, I, uh, Jake, how do you, did you see both of those films? I did, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was my initial impulse was, where were they applauding Injustice League? Yeah. I'm going to guess at the Wonder Woman moment. <laughs> oh, sure. The Wonder Woman yeah. reveal. Yeah, that yeah, that, yeah, that would yeah. be illogical yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, oh, well, that was Batman v Superman. Oh, you're right. Yeah, that's you're right. So I, I mean, that's an applause worthy no. moment, and the, I, and, the, and the guitar riff alone is just like rock and roll. I'll but, take that back then. There is no moment in Justice League, is there? <sighs> Maybe it's when uh, Aquaman takes his shirt off. Like, I mean, yeah. it seems applaudable. When he jumps right? off like, the thing and yells, <laughs> yeah, and like leaps off down into the whatever's happening. Are they applauding, happening? though? Are they just kind of going, maybe the movie's going to end soon? <laughs> you know, like, uh, that's what they're sort of applauding for? Yeah, I. <sighs> maybe it's when Batman has a. Uh, or is that Justice League where he like has that whiskey right before they go into battle or whatever? He's like, this could kill all of us. And then he's like, I'm going to have a neat whiskey. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. Good old Bruce. Well, actually, I want to go on it. Sorry, now this is going to be Tangent Town 9000. Okay. Uh, there has been a little bit of Batman news. Oh, yes. Uh, Robert Pattinson. Is pretty much, I think, locked in almost for yeah, sure to, at this point. To play Robin. To play, to play Batman. Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's the deal. I'm pumped for it. Really? Yeah. I, I, I think it's a weird shot in the arm, and it's a shot in the arm that the kind of, and, and I don't want to poo-poo on DC sort of fan bases all the time, but like, it's the exact kind of Batman I think, like, Robert Pattinson has range and like can be heavy like and everyone kind of does still just sort of think of him as Edward from Twilight if you haven't paid attention to his actual career in the What's last Twilight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, like, you could be that guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like I don't know. I think it would it's a it's we've always seen sort of like older older bat Men. This is a good way to get to know you, Jake. Uh, so, so, so let us know what what do you think of the what do you think of a the DC cinematic universe? Oh and boy, also, that's a dangerous question. Oh really? Well, yeah. I mean, it's tough. Like Matt was just saying, like there's been a fair amount of criticism about the way DC has handled um, their properties. Sure. Uh, and I agree that there have been some, some potentially missteps or some uh, some things that we would have hoped had been executed better. Mm. I always try and like be really uh, constructive when I talk about this stuff because they're the types of rooms I want to be in. Yeah, you know what right. I mean, like I want to like be chatting with someone, and be like, "Cool, let's take a look at this Aquaman script. You know, yeah. let's, let's take it. Let's chat about this." Right. Um, so I, I will say that there um, are plenty of those characters that are like near and dear to my heart that I have I had hoped for more from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that being said, like when I go see any of those flicks, I do try and take off the like hypercritical filmmaker mask and sit back and enjoy a cinematic experience because I find that like if you want to ruin a movie for yourself, you can always ruin a movie for oh, yourself. Yes. Yeah. We're very um, good at that. Yeah, yeah. You've yeah, come to the right place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But do it afterwards. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean, like hop on the pod and then ruin a movie for right. yourself. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. right. Uh, but um, yeah, so I guess that's the best way I could put it is that um, there were there's some things that I had hoped for more from, but I still have a lot of like. Uh, I mean, I guess excitement for them. They've got so many incredible characters and incredible properties. Yeah. It's like I'm always rooting for them. There's never right. a time where I'm like, screw y'all. You know? <laughs> um, and also, where, where DC has actually really shined, in my opinion, is uh, both their straight-to-video animated films mm-hmm. and uh, an animated series, but also even it's a different kind of entertainment, but the CW stuff, like all this, like I, I know it's, it is it is what it is, but like I really dig Arrow and Flash and and all that. Like I and think their fan base is yeah. like very present. Like those, and our, yeah, those are some of their most successful properties, you'd have to say. You yeah. Know? And uh, obviously Wonder Woman is fantastic and, uh, and I really like Shazam. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Haven't, haven't had a chance to it see it It was very, very delightful. Uh, and I didn't see Aquaman, so I don't, I mean, I, I feel like I wouldn't not like Aquaman. Mm-hmm. I will see it. 
I'm I'm, I'm interested for this uh, iteration because it's going to be directed by Matt Reeves, who directed the uh, Planet of the Apes films recently, um, which I really liked. I think uh, Robert Pattinson's been doing really interesting work uh, in the last few in the last few years. Films like Good Times, film like uh, High Life, which came out uh, this year, which I hope we will get to review. Um, I guess the the only thing is, we had a conversation uh, about, you know, can Batman be black? Yes. Uh, you know, like, and it was a broader conversation about representation. Carolina Ravasa and Damian Lemon, guests on that episode. Go check that out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's not that I, I don't think Robert Pattinson is the right, you know, like, he seemed, like, I, I think you would generally do a, a great job. I'm just sort of like. Put him in the turtleneck. He'll be fine. I'm sure he'll be, I'm sure he'll be great. I'm sure Matt Reeves is going to do a great job. They're, they're talking about redefining the character somewhat closer to maybe the Arkham Asylum kind of. Uh, mode of Batman into the into the cinematic world, uh, all sounds great to me. I'm just like you know, my excitement level, unless it's like radical casting, is sort of like somewhat tepid. You know what I, I mean? I hear that. Yeah, I do. It's it's, it's like I no 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 hating the game here. You know, I think I think everyone's everyone's great. I just if it's not. Uh, I know you're more Team Jacob. It's totally fine. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, say, yeah, exactly. is Taylor in the, is <laughs> Taylor Robin. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> And if they could get uh, Kristen Stewart in it, then I'm I'm all then in. You're there, absolutely. Josh, uh, Case Josh, too, got a big fan here. Yeah, so, uh, I'm in. Yeah, uh, Josh a... Gad is also going to be Penguin. I think is uh, the real. No, 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 no. Is that I, not that, real? No, that's not real. That yeah. that has been that has been oh, talked about a lot. Well, and he sort of, you know, ironically tweeted that he could take Robert Pattinson when 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 <laughs> the, when it came out. I don't think th- there is talk take that, him where. Uh, uh, you know, down the street to in, dinner in the Penguin Mobile. Oh. Um, it's it's a uh, yeah, that's what it is. Um, Sorry, tangent. The, my fault. My yeah, fault. There's an additional part to this email which is a little bit darker in relation to your Power Ranger thing, which is why I kind of wanted to mention this. All this talk about you here not seeing himself on screen, which is something we talked about in Endgame, uh, and not a single mention of the Black Power Ranger. Though googling on the matter uh, quickly turned dark. I think you may have dodged a bullet, which I think. Yeah. Um, uh, this week we learned that uh, the actor who played one of the Power Rangers, uh, Paul Masgava. Uh, who is a New Zealand actor, uh, passed away uh, recently, and very sad to hear that. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm sure fans of Power Ranger will be there. And 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 here's a point. Uh, one thing I will say about this as well is is I've jokingly mentioned that you know like I was up for the Power Ranger. Sure. Pua was like is is a Power Ranger. Like yeah. he is this devastatingly handsome, fit, funny, charming, incredible actor. And and there, you know like the the you the, auditioned for the Black Power Ranger. I auditioned, but there was no way I was going to get the part if people like Pua were going for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. people like him should be doing of it. Of course. You know what I mean? So uh, it's very sad to hear his passing. Uh, I grew up in New Zealand watching him. Uh, he was very well known in a in a local sitcom called uh, Shortland Street. His mm. brother. Uh, was also well known in New Zealand, um, so it's very sad for the family. Um, you know, and all our condolences and that sort of yes. thing. Uh, moving on, second email here again, just uh, bringing back to in game people applauding in the audiences. If you're interested in an Australian take about applauding in cinemas, we're super hit and miss. It's not exactly common, but it's a known thing, especially as an American concept. In movies with really passionate fan bases like the Avengers, you either get a couple of people who are awkwardly trying to make it happen, but the rest of the cinema feels uncomfortable or stays quiet. Or you get this magical critical mass where it feels weird not to cheer. If it happens, there's no middle ground. It's either awkward or it's incredible. I think in America, it's pretty incredible. I think that was that was my biggest takeaway from uh, you know like seeing Endgame was like I think it was powerful to see it with an audience. Sure, I I uh, I definitely cheer on occasion. I think I 
I don't think I cheered in Detective Pikachu. However, <laughs> um, but that's not here. Uh, Jake, do you cheer? Do, have you have you ever found yourself overwhelmed uh, in in the theater in in a moment like that? Hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, I also I'm trying to think about Detective Pikachu. I don't know if I had a moment like that. There are definitely some clap moments, like where people got excited and fired up. Um, but no, Endgame, uh, your Avengers, your Marvel movies, like there's definitely stuff that that gets you out of your seat and gets you hollering. And then occasionally I am one of like the three or four people going like, woo! Yeah. Uh, when something happens, and, I, and again, depending on your audience, they're like, what's he clapping? At? <laughs> uh, where you like see a character, or you know, like you're like, oh, I know what this means, or like, they're, yeah. what's gonna happen? Like yeah. you can see it because you're like, if you've got. Uh, if you're tapped in on the on the nerd level, you know what I mean. You're like, oh, I know what this means. Yep. Uh, yeah. Or you see something coming. Actually, on that note, I actually did have a. I, I did like. I did. I didn't cheer, but I was like, yes, like vocally when the 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 Psyduck moment happened because Psyduck was always my jam uh, uh, growing up. So yeah, I don't know. When they had a Greninja uh, in mm -hmm. the little tanks, that definitely got like With some little... excitement from me because yep. that's like uh, that's one of my like uh, best friends in the in the VO world, my buddy Billy Bob Thompson. He voices that on the show. Oh, so nice! It was very nice to see. Granted, uh, you know there isn't direct intersection. Like, um, uh, to the best of my knowledge, none of our cast is is uh, voicing the characters in the cinema. Yes, um, it's still very cool to see like some of your characters represented. I was scanning through and I was trying to look at lists of like. Um, all of the Pokemon that showed up because it moves fast enough that I was like, yeah. did, did any of mine show up? Because <laughs> yeah. I voice a few of them. Yeah. I voice like half a dozen Pokemon. And like I don't think any of them did that. I thought I might have seen a Braviary for like a half a second. <laughs> I gotta like dig in and like go frame by frame yep. and see if I saw a Braviary. <laughs> uh, but my buddy uh Billy Bob voices Greninja. So when when there was like some nice representation yep. of Greninja, I was like, Yeah, buddy. I, that was that was very, very cool. I mean, there this the, we'll get into it a little bit more too, but the 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 Pokemon represented in this film are definitely like a lot of the uh, like, I'll I'll say uh, the some of the most recognizable from the from really I mean Gen One maybe Gen Two I haven't really kept up much past uh, the X and Y stuff, mm. um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I think we should get right into it because I have no idea what well, either of you are talking we, about. Before we even do <laughs> that, going to take off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I have We're no idea here. what on. any of you have just said. <laughs> so so Jake. Um, we we know each other through mutual uh, friends, obviously um, Simon, who was on the uh, Fahrenheit eleven nine. I've uh, heard of him. Yeah, yeah yes, yeah. yes, and also uh, Kristen, uh, who was on a couple of them as well. Our Warcraft episode and a few others. Who actually? I, know her. Uh, yeah. uh, I don't know if you've met Kristen's uh, boyfriend Nick, but uh, Kristen, Nick, myself, and my girlfriend Jamie, we just actually got back this morning. I was hanging out with Kristen last night. We oh. went to the TWA hotel. The right. opening of this, like that airport, like the old airline oh, yeah. hotel at yeah, JFK. Yeah. We literally went to JFK to spend one night in an airport. Yeah. Um, Incredible! It was pretty. It was pretty cool. We had like martinis in like the old uh, plane that used to like fly uh, the Hughes around That's in, fantastic. like that turned it into a bar. Did anyway, you do the? Did you reenact Catch Me If You Can? We did run down because they had those those big red uh, those yeah. big red like I guess land bridges and yeah, yeah we ran down those. Yeah. <laughs> so I was hanging out with Kristen um, and she got us in contact with one another to get you on here because we'd heard or she. She informed me that you had been doing quite a bit of uh, Pokemon work um, because yeah. you are uh, an awesome voice actor. How did you get involved uh, initially with Pokemon as a as a property? Was that something that was like a first gig, a later gig? Like, how did it all shake out? Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll try and race through my origin story yes. really quickly Please, here. This. Yeah. So my parents got divorced. No, no. I'm <laughs> I mean that really happened, but it's not part of the voice okay. acting okay. origin story. <laughs> Um, so I came out here as an actor, uh, and you know, I, I was doing, uh, I love doing comedy. I love doing stuff like that. I love doing on camera work. And so I was really, you know, joining on a bunch of different projects and things like that. 
Um, and one time I was on this, like, I was shooting this sketch about, like, I think I was playing, like, a sportscaster or something. Uh, and this, like, little short, like, two-and-a-half-minute comedy video. And uh, the producer, like, came uh, when I was on a break. I was at the craft services table, like, having some carrots or celery or something. <laughs> yeah. And one of the producers came over uh, who I'd been, you know, in email contact with. And she just asked me, she's like, hey, so how's it going? You know, like, uh, what else are you working on right now? And interestingly enough, like, uh, some of my friends, even, like, going back into high school, like, we were the kids with, like, you know, the, the first digital cameras, like, in our mm-hmm. friend groups and, like, you know, filming on, uh, like, Hi8s and VHSCs. And oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, we were those kids. Uh, and we stayed in touch and we continued to try and, like, make stuff, whether it be albums. And what one thing that we were doing at that time was... Uh, to my buddies, we're like, we're going to, you know, we don't all live in the same place anymore, but we're going to try and make a, like a 10 minute cartoon. Right. Like we've got some ideas we've been pitching around and we like know this guy who's been dabbling in animation. So we're going to try and do this. Like, do you want to tag in? I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. Um, And they're like, we'd like to also like, you know, when we always used to mess around, you'd play all these crazy characters. We'd love you to like, you know, read for some of the, the voices and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, oh, fuck yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. And so I did, I think I ended up like doing three uh, voice roles on this show where there are only like six characters. (laughs) This is the cartoon that you guys were working on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That again, like I hadn't, like I'd done some VO work and like been um, like dabbling in some commercial stuff, but I hadn't done any animation at Mm -hmm. all. Like I'd never done anything like that. Right. Uh, And I just happened to tell this producer on set, I was like, well, you know what, actually right now I'm um, I'm working on a cartoon with some colleagues of mine, uh, which is really fun. It's really exciting stuff. She's like, oh, that's neat. Like, what's it about? And I kind of told her a little bit. And (laughs) anywho, like. Flash forward to a year later, oh, wow. um, I get an email from her, like totally out of the blue. Haven't seen her or talked to her since that shoot, and she's like, "Hey, are you still doing like a voiceover for cartoons?" And I was like, "Yes, <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> yes." <laughs> um, and she's like, "Cool." She's like, "I actually just took a position at a studio, and that's like what we do. Like we do anime, we do like dubbing and prelay. Like, <laughs> would you want to come in audition?" And I was like, "Hell yeah!" Yeah. She's like, "Cool." Um, brought me in. I was very excited. And like I said, I'd been doing enough like commercial VO work, like even small stuff to be like, okay, like I'm not freaked out in front of a microphone. Of I'm not like, yeah. you know, gonna gonna have a meltdown. Um, but that being said, that didn't mean that I was like prepared for what was about to happen. Um, and this particular director that I was auditioning with is, uh, he's a dynamic mm. person, I mm. would say. I'd say he's dynamic. Polite. Um, yep, I like the way you've been. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so I got in there, and understandably, he'd like never heard of me before, knew that I was like a recommendation from someone. And yeah. I, he probably, he's probably in his lifetime of doing this for however long, he's probably seen hundreds of me, and he's like, what are you doing here? Um, but I told him what I was working on, and he was like, cool, yeah, th- that's not what we do. We don't do any of that. I was like, oh, okay. You uh, mean they don't do cartoons? Well, <laughs> no, because I told him what I was working on. You right, know? Right, like, right, and right. I was like doing some commercial stuff, and I had done like one cartoon with some friends where I like recorded stuff at home and sent it to them to, yeah. yep. to, to for them to do pr- the prelay on it. Yeah. Uh, and, he, and he basically was like, your experience means nothing here. Right. Um, <laughs> and he's like, what he ended up doing is... Uh, he, he pointed at a picture on the wall. There was a big poster of, like, this character who was, like, he's, like, a protagonist, but he had some kind of, like, eyeliner stuff. He was pretty emo. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then he <laughs> slid a piece of paper to me with just, like, a full page full of cues, like, or lines. And, again, so folks know, like, when you get a script a lot of times for a show, depending on what it is, like, your lines when you're doing animation or cartoons, like, they don't always have the other characters' lines. You just oh. have your own lines. Yeah. So it's just a, a page full of just lines by a character that you have no context for. Yeah, I was going to ask, how do, how do you, how do you res- like, if a line is responding to someone else, how do you kind of read the response? Yeah, you got to trust your director <laughs> yeah. uh, to, to prepare you. And a lot of times, if you're lucky, if you're lucky, you're doing it in a situation in the rare occasions where you can do prelay 
and you're doing it like you might actually oh. get to do it with someone. Right. It's very uncommon though. So usually you're either working, trusting your director to let to guide you to that moment and let you know it's happening, and either that or show you. Um, or there's a chance that depending on where you are within the record uh, schedule, they might people might it. be in. Or you might be able to. Would you be able to hear their voices? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. They might have recorded before you. Like yeah. a lot of times they might put in. You know, it, scheduling's really tough, but you might put in like a a lead role so that the bedrock of the piece is already in there, so more people have people someone to respond to. Right. Um. So anywho, he just slides this this sheet of cues to me, and he says, "That's that guy." Right. Go for it. <laughs> and I, like I immediately knew I was like, oh, this is where it all ends. Can you do the voice? Um, do you remember the voice? No. no Come no, on. No. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm putting it in your head right now. Yeah. yeah. Emo guy, protagonist yeah. with eyeliner, probably in a in a strong pose. Yeah. What's funny? Like it's gonna be just be an adaptation of what I probably did. Like there's no way I remember exactly what I did. But yeah. again, if you did that exact same thing, I'd probably be like, we need to secure the fort. Let's go. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah. <laughs> Boy, I buy it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I started flying through these cues, and yeah. like probably like a quarter of the way through the page, he's he just starts like f- grabbing the paper. He's like, oh, okay, okay, and like slides away from me. He's like, he's like, that's not awful. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, do do you remember? I mean, was this the the. That was specifically the audition, but did that character actually become a thing? Well, that character, interestingly enough, that character was already part of a show they were doing. Okay. Like, so I think I even know who that was. That might have been my buddy, uh, Jason Griffith. Um, that I think that might have been him who was doing that. Uh, okay. But, uh, yeah, so that that was on a, a show that I actually later worked on. Uh, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of um, sure. jumping You're doing ahead. The jumps. But, yeah. But I, when I walked out of there, I was like, cool, don't ever have to worry about working on cartoons ever again. Like, Aww. that was a fun experience, uh, but now we know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I didn't hear anything from them for a while, but like a week later, I got an email again from the producer who was like, um, uh, hey, you know, the the director, uh, you know, thought it was good meeting you, is willing to, like, if you're interested, would you be interested in coming in and basically doing uh, some, some walla for us, which mm-hmm. is yeah. like background mm-hmm. stuff, you know yeah. what I mean? So... You know, they're like, we're just gonna bring you in for like a half hour session for once, see how it goes, see what it plays out. Like, would you be, are you, are you down to to do that? And yeah. you know, that was you know infinitely better than what I anticipated. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so I was like, <laughs> hell yeah, and I did it. And honestly, that was like the very germ of all, like everything that came after that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, I went in and did background voices for probably. I don't know, a handful of sessions. Then they gave me, I still remember like my first like handful of like real cues as like a person with a name, like, oh, cool, he's got a name. Right. <laughs> um, and that was like a big deal. Uh, like I said, that ended up being on the show yeah. with the kind of like emo dude that yeah. I definitely <laughs> wasn't voicing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can I ask, like, in this, in now, uh, do you get a chance to kind of like create the character and like come up with voices and audition them? Or is, is it, uh, are you still just kind of walking in and like being given something and saying, adapt this? Oh, interesting. I mean, like, I'd say that uh, usually, like, when you audition, there's, like, a spectrum of things you might bring to an audition. Like, Mm. if you're sending something in for people to consider to then bring you in or if you're actually in the room uh, doing it, again, your director will kind of hopefully provide you with some guidance. You know what I mean? So, like, if I bring something in, they're like, hey, just so you know, I know you don't know anything about this character, but they actually, like, you know – were imprisoned as a child and are really, you know, like soft spoken. So again, yeah. if I came in there with a bunch of bombast and yelling, yeah. they'd yeah. be like, just so you know, that's yeah. like super not this character. Right. Um, so yeah, and it's usually, I would say, even if it's a something that already exists and you're doing a dub for it, yeah. you, you typically have a decent amount of freedom. Like they'll, they might tell you if it's a voice, um, match you know yeah. what I'm saying if they're like hey even though this is in japanese they want this exact type of timbre yeah. or tone yeah but i'll still say like a lot of times they 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 want 
something that you are bringing to it. You know right. what I mean? Like I'd say more often than not, at least in my experience, they want something that I'm able to bring to it more than just pure copycat. Gotcha. Right. But there are a lot of people out there that are great mimics, like great, great, great mimics. Yeah, um, there's, a, there's a great story about the French Tom Cruise, for example. There's one guy who, who, owned, all of Tom who only does Tom Cruise's movies, yeah. and, and they specific, like he's got this exact timber that is exactly what they need <laughs> for the movie. So it's incredible. So, I mean, you know, like that that's an interesting sort of uh, take on it, whether whether you're allowed, whether the English interpretation kind of changes it in some way. And in your experience, now, now tell us a little bit about the shows that you've kind of been working on. Um, that I mean, I mean, obviously, Pokemon is one of them that brought, mm-hmm. brought you to this table. Yeah, yeah. But what are the what are the other shows that you've been working on? Uh, yeah. Uh, so I've been fortunate enough to be working on Pokemon for for quite a while now. Um, uh, I also work on Yu Gi Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been there for a while. Um, I'm fortunate enough to right now be the 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 protagonist of that series, um, Yusaku Fujiki, nice. also known as Playmaker. <laughs> um, so that's a really fun one. That's uh, I love both those shows a ton. I've uh, I work in the Gundam universe. <laughs> um, I'm uh, one of the uh, boyfriends in Winx Club, a series regular on that show, which is like a, a fairy show. It's a pretty popular, like, uh, kind of, I don't know, tweens age gotcha. show, um, which is a trippy show. It's one of the trippier shows that I'm on, considering the fact that I'm not considering Pokemon a trippy show. Yeah. <laughs> like, Winx Club is is crazier. <laughs> okay. uh, it's interesting, too, because, uh, sorry, this is a, a side tangent as well, but, like, we, you are correct. Pokemon does not seem odd anymore pokemon's been around so long that like the idea of capturing animals and mirror balls that then you can not only befriend but have them fight your battles for you i'm like yeah "Yeah, that's it's tuesday (laughs) indeed yeah you keep them in the ball but they love you but they Um, love you (laughs) yeah all right right. okay let's let's pause here for a second (laughs) (laughs) jake explain to uh, their pocket monsters here that's what it means oh that makes so much no no i i didn't know that but like but okay i blank slate here complete blank slate I understood there's, I, I know that there's a thing that you throw at these little m- at monsters, mm-hmm. animals. Pocket monsters, right, Explain yeah. to me Pokemon. Well, I think the most important thing for you to know is that there's a young boy named Ash who is a vampire because he doesn't age. That's true. So, okay. so he's immortal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, his last name L- is... Like Bart on The Simpsons. Sure. Right, exactly. yeah. His yeah. last name is literally Ketchum. Yeah. The Ash Ketchum. Ash, Ash Ketchum. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, he's, okay. And he's going to catch them all. Okay. You see where we're going. With I this. see where you're going, but uh, like, but like, explain to me what Pokemon. I mean, well, so I mean, <laughs> I, I don't. How do you want to? How do you want to well, handle like, for this example, lesson? Like, I'm not. I'm not as well invested in Godzilla, but I understand what that is. You know what of I mean? I, like, I, I, I'm not as well invested in Gundam, but I understand what that is. Pokemon is one. I was kind of like, what are the rules of this world? What what happens here? Sure. Well, okay. I'll start a a, a little bit. Like, um. The Pokemon universe, you know the basics, at least of, like you said, like, primarily it's mm-hmm. trainers. Like, we're focusing on these trainers. Yeah. Ash Ketchum is a trainer. He's our protagonist that we've been following for... Training for what? Indeed. <laughs> yes. Indeed. So, you capture these Pokemon, um, and then you you battle with them in a way that is supportive, <laughs> and everybody is yeah, happy do, to Are the Pokemon there. happy about this? Uh, oftentimes, yes. It's almost like, um, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to, but like, they are happy and they're always like healed at the end and they never die in oh, okay. Pokemon battles they only faint Wait, though so, okay. though especially in some of the cartoons and the video games it gets fairly brutal from time to time so question yeah why are they fighting well, uh, so so the trainers are trying to become the very best Pokemon trainer. It's almost like why play a sport? 
Okay. But it's if this court if this sport so was So it's like a sport. Absolutely. Yeah. Like horse like uh, horse riding. And or, also, <laughs> yeah. Wait, is horse riding? Hold on. It's like, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, you know, like show jumping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sure. like show jumping, yeah. right? Um, like a gallop. A gallop yeah. is a competition. Pokémon yeah. is basically dressage. Um okay. no. Um the but like it's interesting because the world of Pokémon is it's as if let's let's change let's change Pokemon to like uh, baseball, right? Let's just say baseball is a okay. thing that everyone wants to get the best at. It's as if the entire world, like and the economy and the social structure and everything, was based off of baseball. So in the Pokemon world, everything is based off of Pokemon and Pokemon battles. Like there's industries around it, and mm-hmm. there's all this stuff, which actually makes and we'll get into it a little bit when we get into this film. The choice of having it in this one particular city, Rhyme City, where it's not like this is the one place, I guess, on the Pokey world or whatever that like isn't obsessed with battling. Okay, follow up question. Yeah. yeah, what's at stake? Um, well, so I guess th- there are championships, and mm-hmm. we have to assume that lots of times there is. Uh, I'm not sure if there is actually like. Currency mentioned? I can't think of hard. I don't hard think mentions there ever is. I think that might get a little too. But status, like, because <laughs> the best trainers in the world often are these people that have these, uh, like, incredible lives. You know what I mean? Right. And things like that. Like sometimes you'll meet like famous trainers, and they're like fantastic. You know what I mean? Right. And these fabulous experiences and worlds that they live in. Um, but yeah, like the sporting analogy is like the best analogy. Because you'll go to different regions and different places, and there's constantly like a new title, a new belt that people are going for. You can always look to the west or look to the north. Absolutely, <laughs> there's always a new place you've never heard yeah, of before. Yeah. And is Ash? How old is Ash? Well, technically, I <laughs> no, think no, like, like uh, four, four, thirty-eight. Or yeah, something like point. that. No, no, but in the show, in the show terms, does he have like parents? I think it's does he 15, have fifteen, fourteen? Oh, I think it's like twelve or fourteen. Is and, yeah, and are, are humans like the humans we know in the world? Like, are yes. they? Are they he, like, Ash do they has have, a mom. Does he go to school? Does he? No. Like, no. No, I think they've like dabbled in stuff like that before. They bring they're like weaves in and out. Like why that isn't a problem? Like the Pokemon like can cheat. Like not not in a in a strictly. No, we're trying to explain it. Like the Pokemon, like you're you're supposed to like. It's almost like a um uh what's the what's the Amish trip when you go out uh, Uh, room 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 spring? Yeah, Yeah. I was gonna Uh, say Reykjavik, uh, (laughs) which is uh, is Iceland. (laughs) Uh, But it's it's like it's like even though this kid's 12 years old, it's like he's he's going to go out and like experience the world, which apparently in this world is safe. And even though there's literally a team out to murder him, several. Consistently. Oh, really? Yeah, there's Team Rocket, and there's yeah. usually teams everywhere else. Do yeah, that. I, I don't. I don't mean to. Sound... I'm one of them right now. Actually, you're Team really? Rocket. No, I'm Team Skull. Who oh, are the Alolan, uh... Alolan thugs that uh, are tr- are coming after Ash? And are you trying to kill Ash? Is that? Uh... No, you know, because I'm a young, we're young people too. No, it's never quite like that. It doesn't go that dark. I mean, yeah. this is very, I'd say, steal his Pokemon. No doubt, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. Like, you know, and we want him to fail. We want our leadership to be better and to win battles. Yeah. And so we look at him, especially he's an outsider. Right. Uh, Ash came to a. Is he part of a team? No. Who's that? Ash. Ash usually rolls solo. Wow. Yeah. So One Ash is like, if, if it's the political spectrum, this is the emo. Kid, Ash. Right? Well, <laughs> Ash would be like an independent. Okay. And these other teams would be like established political parties. He's like a parties. free agent, like yeah. in the baseball leagues. Yeah. Oh, okay. I would, <laughs> Look, I, I don't want to sound condescending about it because it's like it's just the world I just don't know anything about. Yeah. And and the other thing I guess I'm I'm sort of unsure about is like at what age is this show pitched I to? Love, I love that this turned into just us teaching. No, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm about excited Vulcan. about this. I'm I'm I because I want to know. Also, I should say there's no doubt that I am like misstating certain things. Yeah. People are going to be like, wait, this guy's been on the show for how long? And yeah. He said what? No, <laughs> I mean there's it's been this is something that's been. I mean you have to look at all the different iterations of this entire property. Like we can't sum 
summarize it all entirely. Like I came, I was originally introduced to Pokemon just with the old Game Boys, and the games were Pokemon Red and Pokemon Blue, and you could you could put a link cable between your old like black and white Game Boy, right, and yeah. you'd have the monsters that you'd train in the game, and then you could trade them with friends with this like link cable, and, and that's how like even before the cartoon and anything. <laughs> Uh, no, no, no. He's got I, a list of questions. Okay. Gonna, yeah. Like every time you guys say something, I've just got like sorry, more sorry, questions sorry. to answer. So, so the goal in the game is similar. You're not, you don't play Ash as the game. You right. play as like you type in your own name, like Matt right. or whatever, and uh, and you you become the very best. And so if she here, if you and I were playing Pokemon, yeah. Uh, and you had a Pokemon that you had caught and trained, and and I had a Pokemon that I had caught and trained, and we both like were like, oh, we don't have those on our specific games. We could trade for them. And do we trade permanently? Yes. Okay. Cu- a couple other questions. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the the Pokemon like uh, like for example, this week the uh, trailer for His Dark Materials came out, and there's a you know there's an entire universe in the His Dark Materials the Golden Compass world where everyone has this sort of cipher character that uh, you know cipher animal that they mm-hmm. that is sort of an extension of their personality. Is there what is the relationship between the trainer and the Pokemon? Well, yeah, that is, and that's something that's explored in Detective. You know what I mean? Right. Like they, I would say that in the at least the animated series, that universe, like they do try to um, mm, uh, imbue uh, on you that like you can have a special relationship with a Pokemon that is kind of like a best friend relationship, and that's what that's what the goal should be to have kind of like a really pure, powerful, yes. like, uh, you know, the sum of our parts is is greater than whatever the rest of this catchphrase is. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's, I think, what they, they try to get people. Because, like like I said, the bad guys, like, you know, like, um, will often have uh, unhealthy relationships with their Pokemon. Yes. And that's right. how you know they're, 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 they're bad characters. Right. Um, because, like, they will be, like, mean or rude. Or they'll be, and, like, they wouldn't say it this way on the show, but they'll have, like, an abusive relationship with them. Or they'll right. fight them too hard and be disrespectful and rude. But then what? <laughs> sorry, I, I'm sorry if I'm interrupting. No, the whole time, uh, I just have yeah. so many questions. We this haven't even hit the movie. Strange. No, we um, gotta get through was there it. A movie? We'll, we'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll get Why to it. Why are we here? What is <laughs> happening? This is just a secret ruse for me to understand Pokemon, so I can teach it to my kid. He was gonna uh, Google like Pokemon Explainer, but instead, <laughs> yeah, yeah. here we are. Uh, my question is: Is then uh, how much agency do the Pokemon have in deciding their battles? So, oh. for example, yeah. Okay, so, no, go ahead. So once you've <laughs> captured, because they use that vernacular, it is mm-hmm. capturing a Pokemon. Yeah. They don't particularly have that much agency, but it's the same way. Kind of like what you said, Jake. Yeah, it's just like Versace. Like where if the horse doesn't want to jump over the thing. Yeah. <laughs> you have to befriend the Pokemon to make it want to do the thing. Okay. Um, like, again, Team Rocket, Team Skull. They often like aren't like I, I don't know actually the current stuff, but like I remember Team Rocket like they had their few, but it seemed like because they were so sort of mean to their Pokemon, like the the Nox Noxus or um, I can't remember what they had, the Snake one. Mm. Um, they like throw them out and they do battles, but like they wouldn't fight that hard because the animals don't give a crap about the team that they're fighting for. But like if you befriend them and like for instance uh, Ash with Pikachu, yeah, um, Pikachu and Ash are sort of like best friends and they've been through a lot, and like Pikachu knows that Ash has. His best interest in, at heart, and vice versa, and so it's that's more like an actual like animal pet relationship that's a little bit more, I guess, hyper intelligent than. But like, it's also like dog fighting because you're gonna send this, you're gonna send Pikachu. Wow, you, you're you're the first person to ever <laughs> equate dog fighting <laughs> to Pokemon. Just it seems <laughs> yeah, in a world right, I mean, where they can't die. 
Yeah. And they or not in, in a in a battle anyway. I think they can die of old age, I believe. <laughs> and uh and there's uh poke centers everywhere that you can actually heal them uh after battles and there's 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 people to address those things. I would say the biggest thing uh, like from my perspective and our, our perspective is that like you are right. They have limited agency and they do try and showcase this a lot. Like even in the movie like when he tries to uh catch um remind me what it is in the field. Uh Oh, a uh, Cubone. Yeah, yeah, he tries to catch that Cubone in the field. Um, um, you can see that the Cuban Cubone is is um, not consenting. I guess would be yeah. the best way I could say it. Yeah. And and so there's that pushback, and they do try and show that they have a little bit of control or agency. Um, and when captured, like you said, the battles can go awry if you don't have a healthy relationship with your Pokemon. So it's trying to like instill a, like responsibility, compassion, and these types of things. And so what we focus on, I think, a lot on the show, is really heightening. And like there are many episodes and entire films that are about. Um, the like the intensity and the importance of having a like respectful loving relationship with your with your pokemon and that stuff's all about like like as i said like friendship uh, sympathy understanding compassion like all that type of stuff and okay. so it keeps going into it because you are right like in the negative end it has some like real eyebrow raising like wait a second what's the construct yeah. but, but then if we dive into and focus on like so those positive elements like then that's i think where it has a lot of value to its um to the younger viewers especially where they're trying to teach like like values you know what i'm right. saying or trying to share positive values and, and I, again like I, I don't mean to sort of uh, sound like i'm i'm if you I, say michael vick i'm going to be very yeah. angry yeah. that's not here that's not don't do it don't do don't it don't do okay. it don't do it. No, the, the interesting thing is, so we actually just did an episode on this on Extra Credits on YouTube where it was we talk about like how a game's mechanics, this was a game first. Okay. Um, the, the, how a Nintendo games, game? Yeah, 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 on, on the Game Boy. Um, it is based on on JRPGs. It's based on this thing that the, the normal structure in like a Dragon Warrior or whatever was out sort of at the time is like go into the cave, fight the monster, kill the monster, take the stuff move on so you can fight the bigger monster with the new stuff. Da, da, da. It's the same sort of um, uh, reward loop. Right. Pokemon has that reward loop, and there is, especially um, before the animated series, it, there is a narrative disconnect with the actual gameplay that you're doing and what the world is telling you. Like, you're in these brutal battles, but it's okay, because whatever. But then, then the animated series came along and I think did a very good job at filling in the gaps as to, like, oh, like the, the 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 that is the the skeleton that this is built off of, but that's not where the heart or like where actually the the meaning of what the story they're trying to tell is. And as gaming technology has gotten better, we've gotten better at telling those stories in the game. But before it was like the you know four different colors of gray and little bits of text box, and you can get some, but not all of it. So it's grown a lot, I think, through the animated series. I think, too, like, a really great thing about the show, what it allows you to do, maybe in the same way that things like Transformers did, like, it took it from strictly being, like, it could have stayed just in the video game world or the card world, and we could have had these, like, very fun and engaging things. Like, people, like, the games are beloved. Yeah. I mean, right. like, no matter what, those are beloved, and people are going to enjoy them and consume them. But the show gave it so much, like, context and heart. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's something where we're like, oh, like, now I have a reason even more to, like, care about a Pikachu. Like, why is Pikachu so signature? Like, yes, it's really great from the games, and it's, you know, like, it's an involvement, it's, like, kind of the trademark, but at the same time, I think if it weren't for the show, people would not have the investment in no, it. There's, there's, no way. The heart is so much harder to imbue in a trading card game, or even in a video game, especially because those earlier games, like you mentioned, you know, we were still on the kind of cutting edge, and, like, you know, our Final Fantasies and things like that, where we were, like, learning how to tell compelling storytelling. Yeah. Uh, and that took a while. Yeah, yeah, for us to, like, really do that, and like you said, we were, you know, we were in 8-bit gaming, you know? Right, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
All right, so now, so now let's take a like a sort of a leap forward from sure. like sh- educating what an eight-year-old Shahir should know, <laughs> right? Uh, into into my age now, and I'm going to see Detective Pikachu uh, in the in theater, is directed by Rob Letterman and voiced and Pikachu voiced by none other than Deadpool himself, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. What is the how Detective Pikachu is quite a is quite a sort of a different variation or iteration of the Pokemon lore? How do we get from Ash Ketchum? to Detective Pikachu. See, I actually had no idea before the film. I knew there was a game, mm-hmm. um, but I never played the game. And I think in the game, he's got like a real like gruff detective voice. Like it's very uh, more off-putting it's than Ryan noir. Reynolds. It's film noir. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like, no, I don't want to say stereotypical, but it's prototypical, like you said, like 30s detective. Yeah. Like, like, like kind of like the deep gravelly, like has that smoked four-pack of yeah. <laughs> reds for, yeah. Um, so, so how did we get here? I mean, I think they... I mean, this is just now we're just literally, I guess, into opinion, right? Because, like, I don't, they just chose to do this. And I think actually very smart. They've done Pokemon films before, but they've all been animated. Well, no, um, well okay, I guess maybe one step back. How uh-oh. did Detective, because Detective Pikachu is an adaptation of a video game, right? Yes. yes. How did the video game come about from the Pokemon lore? You know, actually, I, I'm, I'm going to be like transparent. Like, I don't actually know the yeah. inception point of that. I would guess that, like, the Detective Pikachu game is a di- like a very different stylistic approach to the other games. It's a yeah. spinoff. Um, in, not in, so not in the way that it Again, you're 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 again having not played them. It might be a little difficult to kind of see it. Yeah. Um. But like the other ones are, they have a narrative. Uh. But they are, as you said, they're like they're kind of uh they're, they're RPGs. Right. You take your your creatures, your your Pokemon, and you battle them, and you're you're working towards a goal. I think the Detective Pikachu games are like it's a very different model. It's like a really really different model that engaged people because it took a property that they knew and loved and some characters that they knew, kind of like turned it on its head a little bit and made it like a a, a different type of gameplay that really rewarded people. Kind of like the um. I don't know if it's a great analogy, but I think there was like a Rick and Morty style peak, uh, mm. Pokemon game. Did anybody no. know there was about a, that? There was a VR Rick and Morty. A, yeah, I yeah. remember that. But I'm sure that they're also... To be honest with you, it <laughs> sound, that, that to me sounds really innovative and really cool. Like, well, like so, the idea that you would take like everything that you've been telling me about Pokemon and then spin it off into a film noir. And that's That how, sounds cool to me. That's how I think it should be. And that's why I think it was very, very smart on the team, the producers or whom, whomever decided that this was going to be the first live action Pokemon movie mm-hmm. to go... Go in this direction because it takes people like you should hear who literally have no idea about this. Yeah, kind of sets it up. I and you'll tell me if you thought it was enough to get sort of what the world was doing. But like, it would be hard, I think, for a person just to come in and if the film was all about Ash g- training and making it basically like this weird sort of sports movie analogy, but with monsters, you 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 would understand it, but you probably wouldn't give a shit. Like there there's no. Ash's, like, it happens on occasion in the show, but, like, there's no, like, personal tie to it. He just wants to be the best. Like, that's the whole thing, and because that, you know, whatever. In this film, and the way they sort of did it, I thought they did a very good job. Uh, and Justice Smith, in, in particular, uh, was a, a linchpin anchor for me in this story because, like, him and Pikachu, weirdly enough, were the two characters that I felt were not cookie cutter in this mm-hmm. film. And they made me like, I was like, oh, this is a great grounding point for people who have no idea what's going on to just jump into a fantastical world because they care about these two characters. And there, you see the rest of the stuff. And for people that are in the know about it, like you saw the Snorlax sitting in the in the street, like blocking traffic because that's what a Snorlax does. It just literally just sits in paths and falls asleep and no one can move it. 
Um, it's a cool superpower. Yeah, yeah. I think you need a flute or something in the game. I don't remember. But like, um, <laughs> there was just a ton of like sort of like side things you could see uh, Jigglypuff singing karaoke. Jigglypuff's power is when it sings, you fall asleep. And then there's a dude sleeping at the bar and it was pissed off because it's always pissed off when people fall asleep and it sings. Duh. Uh, but the it, it, it was a, such a nice like... You could tour the world and have fun if you understood everything, but you understanding everything has literally nothing to do with whether or not you'll understand and probably enjoy the journey that the characters are going to take. Yeah, I, I want to say two things really quickly. Like, I do agree that sometimes, um, especially because of how long the animated series has been on, like, searching for motivation in any show that's been on for 21 years is really Ooh. difficult. And I think the show does a really good job of trying to continue to motivate it. Like, so you're like, why is Ash still doing this? How did Ash not succeed yet? Because Ash has, like, at this point, a million titles and all this type of stuff. Yeah. And you're like, how is Ash not just filthy rich like on Nona Island or yeah. something? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and But they do work on it like constantly. Like every series, every even like, you know, arcs within arcs about things like whether it's for family or whether for someone else or there's a tragedy or someone hurt a Pokemon. Like they do a constant job of trying to re-up the stakes and the yeah. purpose. Which again, as we all know, anything that goes on that long, it gets so hard. Like it's hard to make the Simpsons relevant to people after 30 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we, we, it's, we, to keep things not stale, it takes a lot of work. And I think the animated series is doing a, a good job of trying to do that. And also, I will say, like, this season, uh, or not this season, this arc, uh, and this Alola arc that we're on right now, Sun and Moon, um, they went over to, like, a very, uh, like, a, a very different animation style than we had been in for quite a while, which, you know, was very eye-opening to a lot of people. And, like, you know, I think a lot of people loved it right away, and some people kind of had their eyebrows raised. But at this point now, like, people really dig it. And, it, you know, it's one of those things where if you look, back like now people are very used to it and it's like signature and it's the sun and moon kind of look but if you look back and you saw like you know some of my episodes as professor sycamore and xy you'd be like oh yeah that is very different you know yeah, yeah. um and the other thing was too i just want to agree that like our protagonist um tim yes uh <laughs> Uh, he did such he's such an essential part of this and like as an actor being able to I think with these types of movies you have you cannot take yourself too seriously like if you come at this and everything is like absolutely as is like you must take this seriously like we just can't look at a world like Rhyme City and be like why are you taking yourself so seriously mm -hmm. so for his ability to be dismissive and his like like off the cuff shoulder shruggy <laughs> comedy is like so essential yeah. and I bet they knew that going into it they're like if you can't pull that off like we will drown in your seriousness yeah right. um and he was a character who, like, it, it, I like that there was sort of a bit of a history, like, even when we see the recreation of his old room and stuff, like, he wanted to be a trainer. But he is a character that this world has kind of left behind. He's an accountant or something. I forget what his actual yeah, insurance. So, yeah. insurance. Yeah, yeah. so, like, it's it's that atypical dream of, like, you want to be an astronaut when you're a kid. I'm, I'm not an astronaut. I, you know, whatever. So, like, it's that, okay, well, life sort of moves on. And here's a character that... The world is all about these Pokemon, and he's kind of just been like, "What, like, whatever? This isn't for me." And then we—that's the character that the audience for this film is now sort of latching onto. I thought it was a really like solid starting off point. Okay, let's 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 go deep dive into the movie itself here. So, Matt, do you want to tell us what Detective oh, Pikachu yeah. is actually? We about? always read the IMDb quotes because oh, sometimes, nice. or the the descriptions because they're often wrong. <laughs> um, let's see, where did it go? Doop 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 doop. doop. Here it is. In a world where people collect Pokemon to do battle, a boy comes across an intelligent talking Pikachu who seeks to be a detective. Okay, hmm. pause right here. First off, hmm. so the one one part of this we hadn't covered, which I I kind of gathered <laughs> sure. from the pieces of the film. Right. Pokemon don't talk. Right. Okay, this is a big deal in the Pokemon world. Very right? few Pokemon talk. Yeah. Okay, fill me. Very in. few. Fill me in. Okay. Uh, Meowth. 
Yeah. Who is uh, the Pokemon that like is paired up with Team Rocket? Who this yep. is, is probably all still seems like a foreign language. <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm, I'm riding with um, it. I'm going on with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Meowth is like honestly for for a long time was like one of our our very 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 rare talking uh, Pokemon. Right. Um, and in this world, I did kind of like I was eyebrow raising and I was kind of like digging in on on uh, <laughs> Detective Pikachu. <laughs> Technically, um, uh, some if not many of our telepathic Pokemon. Okay. Can communicate, but they're not speaking technically. They're speak. They're speaking telepathically. telepathically? Yeah. Uh, which gives them that ability, which uh, is true for Mewtwo. Yeah. Mewtwo can communicate using telepathy. Okay. Which made me wonder. So this is what something that I yeah. haven't actually figured out. I haven't dug back in. So this can be a, a moment <laughs> yeah, where let's, I get. Let's go into the. Film. I get really yeah. like you know people can be like you're an idiot. Hopefully the comments fill up in the comments. Let you know if you think Jake's an idiot. No. Um, <laughs> and also this will be spoilers. We've been talking for a yeah. bit. We're let's, now into full spoilers. Don't yeah. worry oh, about Leah. Yeah, yeah. We can just roll in. Yeah. Think about that. No. 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 Um, yeah, with Mewtwo, like when uh, that was uh, unveiled. Um, also, interesting thing about like gender: many Pokemon don't technically have gender. There's a lot of it. it. Okay. Um, Some of them do, but and, a lot of them don't. Yeah, for a while there wasn't, and then there were he, she's, and so like that was a whole thing too. Like there were a lot of them were all like named by gender in the piece, and I was like, oh, is that one supposed to be? Is that one? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, right. There's a lot of stuff to dig in on there. But this Mewtwo in the very beginning, I think it it did speak, like it made some sounds or something like that, and I was like. So whose voice would that be? And who's listening to it? Because if it's telepathic? Yeah, who's it communicating to? <laughs> right. Because um, it was, it's speaking in the orb in the beginning, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and because like later we learn, I'm skipping way ahead yeah. here, but later we learn that Bill Nye is working to, you know, use this this new uh, technological tool. But I was like, was that Bill Nye's voice? Like, whose voice is Mewtwo, and who's he who's he talking to? Right. Anywho, there is some stuff like, there. Like who 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 has caught Mewtwo? Is that is that what kind of what you're asking? I, yeah, I think why like it was when it was in the the the, the chamber and it yeah. was like grunting and doing whatever yeah. like it was it's generating R right the drug R oh well, it did well, do yeah, that. They're, yes. they're, yeah they're yeah. extracting it from yeah, it, yeah. yeah. Um, where's it coming I don't know. office <laughs> yeah well um, something I really liked actually from the voice acting angle it was actually uh, for Mewtwo's voice in this film it was a mix of a male and a female voice like oh, the cool. same two actors doing it at the same time and they did a mix of it to make it sound like like an everyone sort Great. of thing. until it was Bill you're saying yeah Bill Bill was Bill okay. um, but so there's but, only the one line then right no I mean, it talks a decent like it talks oh oh at the second scene yeah and there's a couple okay so tell I mean listen Let's go. And I think we're fine. We got this. Jake, we should go with you first. Like general impressions yeah. of the film itself. Like as a movie, not not have you know. I know having worked on it, you'll have a special affiliation to it. But but just kind of just sitting in the audience, what did you th what did what was your impression of the movie? Uh, I was fortunate enough to see it with um, a bunch. Uh, so with like a huge contingent of the Pokemon animated series cast. So not biased um, in any way. Nope, nope. not at all. <laughs> Completely objective viewers. Yeah. Uh, no, but I think I'll only speak for myself. I enjoyed it a lot, and I I want this to come come out the right way. I enjoyed it a ton. We laughed and had a great time, and you know, like we're pointing at the Pokemon and like thought certain elements of it were really cool. And I think the biggest sigh of relief I had, um, you know, when it was done, it was like I'm so glad that wasn't trash. Right. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean that in any. That's not about that. It's about because like we just know we've talked Are you about Sonic shaming us right now. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, hey, I've got great love for those people. I've got a lot of friends on that show as well. Yeah. Um, uh, so we, we talked earlier about like DC and you know like even Marvel's had its missteps like uh, everything that we love has had major missteps yeah. and this was the first foray into like live action mixed with CG that we had in the Pokemon universe and I was like I was just afraid you know what I mean like because I wasn't you know a part of this process or whatever so I was just as green to what was about to happen on screen as anyone else you know what I mean so that's not to say you know I don't have faith in the people 
that we're making it. It's just one of those really difficult things. Like, you know, same with like DC and Marvel have been creating incredible content for like 75, 85 years or whatever. But that doesn't mean duds don't still come out. Yeah. And it's not because those people aren't incredibly intelligent and smart. You know what I'm saying? Like things happen. Yeah. We've yeah. had incredible directors direct things that are widely, widely, widely panned. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's just to say, like, despite the fact that I knew that there was a ton of talent going into the creation, like I was so pleased that I was able to enjoy the movie with the cast, you know what I mean? And and for the most part, like, folks enjoyed it. Of course, there were plenty of people that had, you know, uh, thoughts and things. <laughs> in, 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 that group, in that contingent of the Pikachu, uh, of Pokemon fan, uh, yep. people that you worked with, were there people, I mean, were, were you able to be critical of it in any way uh, in amongst your 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 the people you were watching with po- poke peers poke peers the, yeah, the yeah. yeah not publicly yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah yeah no, but like, um, there were let's people just, uh, turn the mics off yeah. for a second yeah. here. No. So, so what I was gonna say is <laughs> no um, I will say that there were there were some folks that definitely like you know were understandably there are some things we'll probably get into that uh, it's easy to be critical about like you know some stuff about the ending where you might be like uh... yeah there's definitely I mean we'll get into it but there's there's issues. Okay. So there's some folks that, again, like, that was a hang-up for them. Right. Like, and, you know, for my part, like I said, like, I was able to go, like, like, I know what they're trying to do. You know what right. I mean? Like, like, that was fun. That's cool. Yeah. We saw that thing. You know? Like, yeah. So I don't want to jump too far ahead. No. How about you, Matt? I mean, I I was very worried it was going to be garbage, kind of to, to Jake's point. Um, these, are, these are creatures that were designed, and when they were designed, were never meant to be put next to an actual human being. <laughs> right. Um, and and this, the I mean, I hats off to the creative directors and the art department and like every every possible person who made these things. They put ridiculous looking nonsense next to human beings and built a world where I won't say was seamless, of course not, but mm. by 10, 15 minutes in, you don't notice. And that's what... I mean, Shahir, we've talked about this a ton with, with sort of my preference and stuff. If you can build a world and make me convinced that whatever you're showing me is is what the world is, and you keep that consistency throughout the entire thing and don't ever break your own sort of rules you've set, I'm in. I might not, maybe I don't connect with the story or maybe whatever, but like you've crafted a world that now I can engage with. And I think this did a fantastic job. I think the... Um, the stuff in the trailer that I know she here doesn't watch trailers, yeah, nice. um, but like there was the part with uh, and I forget the giant tortoises' names, but Terra Turtles uh, is that what they were? Yeah, nice. Oh, hey! <laughs> yeah, I mean, so that's got to be the the upgrade from the, the, the Blastoise. Is that yeah, what those or it's like it was a it was a it was like when they were giving it R and they oh, became yeah. the giant things. Yeah, um, sure. The that moment in the trailer, it doesn't spoil what's happening, but you just see like the world folding in on itself. And I'm like, is this some inception? Is like Mewtwo doing some shit? And I'm just like, I don't, but like they handled that very well when like there was sort of that cool reveal of these giant, like literally like p- park sized Pokemon with yeah, like yeah. things on their back. Uh, where, where I think uh, it failed in certain aspects uh, was honestly mostly th- two, two issues. Um, one, connective tissue between. Um, I'll call them set pieces or events felt very tenuous very just sort of like and now we're gonna go here and they're there which is that's a bit of a a, a, a pedigree from I, I think even a callback a little bit to like how you'd structure a cartoon like a like a half hour cartoon we call that the Game time. of Thrones that's yeah what we call that yeah there you go <laughs> oh god that's we're recording that and it hasn't come out yet the fi- the finale tonight this is the, this Sunday uh, yay um, but the 
so that that never really like I was like okay whatever but then the third act and the actual like end plan of of um uh Richard I think his name was Richard something uh Bill Knight uh Bill Knight yeah. Yeah. yeah um about like psychically merging with Mewtwo but then not only that like making everyone merge with their Pokemon because reasons and yeah, like reasons. and like cool like whatever but then like uh, like that 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 the structure of what was happening i was like this is dumb <laughs> and and that's fine because here's the weird part i actively thought it was dumb <laughs> i watched it still enjoyed it and like even though i felt like the ending was weird and rushed and with sort of the reveal of like the end of uh of tim's journey and pikachu's journey etc i don't think it hit like it did not do the the work to make it as emotional as i was about it Mm-hmm. But, like, I think mm-hmm. here's where something, like, there's two things. One, the pedigree of the thing and just the happiness that I felt that they didn't bungle it mm-hmm. was was sort of flowing with it. And then, two, the film itself has a ton of heart, especially to have that much sort of, like, care and craft and sort of love put into this world that is intrinsically just weird and bizarre and kind sure. of silly. For sure. I felt connected with the entirety of it. And, like, I didn't care that the plot didn't make a ton of sense by the end because I'm like... I'm glad all of these characters are okay. <laughs> and that that kind of that that touched a weird thing on me like we talk a lot about um, movies that are for kids that adults can enjoy, and there's mm-hmm. different ways that can be done. You can you can infuse humor with it. They did that a little bit with Ryan Reynolds and some lines that probably went over kids' heads. You can do. I was that. very surprised by a lot of that, by the way. Yeah. Like I thought about this a lot when I when I heard that Ryan was doing it, I was like, okay, so they got one of the funniest people in the business to do this, and he's got he's got talent just like mm-hmm. out his ears. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? But I was like, will this in any way allow him to use that talent? I mean, and I'll say this really quickly. Um. Speaking of tangents, sometimes I feel like, you know, uh, in like uh, Ant-Man 1 especially, mm. um, maybe maybe the second one as well, I just, I wanted to like unbox Paul, Paul Rudd. Rudd. Yeah. Right. I was like, I know that there is character and I know there's this type of stuff, but like, and I don't know enough about it. That's not one of the things where I'd love to be in the room. Like, like how did we handle it? Because there's times that I feel like they like... They had like two little spots in the script where they're like, "Hey, this is where you get to riff, Paul." Yeah, and I just like, so I worried that maybe I was like, "How with Ryan doing this, are they going to be able to tap into that stuff?" And I was really surprised by a lot of the stuff that I was like, "If that's in the script, I will be floored." Right. Yeah, because I'm imagining like you know having worked with you know you know in this world for a while, there's a lot of stuff that um you know granted our product is definitely as you said like oriented primarily towards some younger audiences, yeah. mm-hmm. um, but not to say we have like a, v- a huge contingency of um like uh, adults as well, people of all ages. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, there's a lot of stuff we can't do. Like, I mean, like, if I have a joke or I want to tweak with something or throw something in there, like, it's almost a, like, across the board, like, that's funny, Jake, but no. Um, right, right, right. <laughs> so the fact that they let Ryan play with some of that stuff, or the script had it, actually, actual yeah. writers, you know, and I, I don't know what it is. I, w- I was thrown by that. Like, I think there was the joke about, what was the thing? Was there, there was a joke, like, Mexico or something like that? There was, like, a bilingual I mean, the search joke. history, the search, the search history, history joke, it kind of feels like it's a little bit no pushing the boundary of, there like, was a line what is acceptable. When Tim was having trouble talking to Lucy, and he's like, I've talked to him before, and he's like, oh, what, yeah. in the birth canal? Like yeah. it was just like, and that's yeah. not like raunchy by any means, but it's kind it's of like it's on like the boundary. it's bordering what yeah. absolutely. So like films can do that and have adults sort of latch onto them, or there could be like even for instance, we want to go to like Lion King or something like that. Like there's an emotional through line in it that like actually ties to a, a larger, more adult sensibilities of things. This this film, I think, weirdly. Uh, it, it it kind of just hit more like here's something 
we're, we're going to try to make you care so much about this world and this person that you won't really mind if the end of it kind of like unravels on itself. Yeah. And, and for me, it did that. It did that enough even as adult me. Uh, and maybe that comes from nostalgia. Maybe that comes from them doing just a really good job. Maybe it's a mix. Um, I don't know. But Shahir. <laughs> You've you've been awfully quiet. Well, look, I uh, I mean, I this conversation has been fascinating for me. And, he's and, leaving again. Everybody, he's walking out the door. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much for your time. I appreciate the education. I'm going to go buy some Pokemon cards. Um, Please no, do. Yes, um, buy Pokemon cards. Uh, you know, like the 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 sort of um, cultural history I'll bring to this is has to do with cinema, obviously, and the and the 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 merging of uh, live action to animated characters is kind of the thing that I I think I sort of latched onto the most regarding this particular film that kind of that comes from you know like one of my favorite um animated cartoons is anchors away the the tom and jerry cartoon where jerry dances with gene kelly you know that that is just oh, this yeah. remarkable um you know watershed moment in animation where there's this incredible sense of like the possibilities of how live action and animation go together you jump ahead to 43 you know 44 Three years later, and we get a film like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And Who Framed Roger Rabbit is like the key touch point for me for this film. Because Who Framed Roger Rabbit is not only a film I deeply adore, um, it's a film I think that manages to take a technological, uh, I guess, idea mm -hmm. and make it entirely transcendent to the, to the narrative. Where the narrative of that film kind of trumps and foregrounds anything that te anything technologically that film is doing mm -hmm. and that film is remarkable technologically you know like the 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 kind of level of interactivity they were doing between animation and real live actors in there is astounding breathtaking um, and you know, then then you know that that movie was wildly successful. Kind of led us into things like um, I think Cool World came later, the the Brad Pitt film. Mm -hmm. by oh Ralph yeah, Bakshi, Ralph Bakshi. You know, again, so similar noirish take, animated. This idea that there is this, there are the boundaries of this animated world versus the boundaries of our human world, and they're the when they're put up against each other, it's kind of fun. And we can't forget the third in this trifecta of mixing uh, live action and animation. Space Jam. Space Jam. Space Jam. Of course, <laughs> which is going to be making a comeback soon as well with LeBron James. Um, um, the thing I think for me is that I'm sort of mixed on this film on two parts, which is one, the 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 look of this film is extraordinary. The the cinematography by John Matheson and the production design by Nigel Phelps, I believe it is, is breathtaking. They shot this thing on actual film in real locations. The the way these characters have been transformed in, from 2D into 3D is so seamless, so perfect. You know, I've seen what a Pikachu looks like in two dimensions and what it translates to here is is wonderful. Um, you know, and the, the you only need to look so far to kind of see where that's gone wrong in the last week or two with Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, so I think, you know, to both of your points that the idea that the, it actually kind of functions is really great. Uh, the movie, on a story level, entirely washed over me, and and just kind of happened in front of me, as you know, as as much as it was. And I think it has to do with that lack of connective tissue. The idea that the actual, you know, like I love a good noir tale. You know, I'm a big Chinatown fan. Yep. I'm a big, you know, L.A. Confidential. That sort of like unraveling of a greater mystery of beyond a, a sort of uh, a central inciting point between two characters. And I think Who Framed Roger Rabbit does this really beautifully. Sure. Um, the unraveling of this this greater world that Bill Nighy is kind of sort of trying to merge Pokemon to their trainers to just not only did it not kind of make sense fundamentally, it also I just didn't really care. Mm -hmm, like it sure. didn't really make a lot of sense to me as to why it was happening or what it was trying to do. 
And and I think, you know, like to that point, I, I sort of I sat I sat back and I kind of wondered about how to watch this film. And I thought a little bit about the idea that it is made for kids. And, and there is that sense that, you know, as long as the world kind of works well, then being made for kids is okay. And I, but I, I also, I, I sort of internally push back at that idea because I think some of the most transcendent movies are made for kids and are, don't wear that badge. You know, they, they are. In no t- pun intended. Yeah. Am I right? They're, he doesn't get it. I, okay. Yeah, I don't get it. And the other the other side of the what I thought about was what this film's purpose is. And and in many ways it is, you know, like you were talking about earlier with Pokemon, is an extension of a game by you know, and it basically fuels the game's narrative. It creates a narrative around that game. Um, but it also by its very nature is a branding exercise for that game. And there are many films that are kind of essentially branding exercises. And I think one of the most successful recently that you could argue is a branding exercise, but never ever feels like that is Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. You know, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse is an extension of the Spider-Man brand, but it never, never for a second feels that way because the story is so engaging. The, the technology that's kind of created there is so immersive that you never even think about it. And the problem is, is I was thinking a lot about the technology in this film mm-hmm. rather than thinking about the film. Mm-hmm. So for me, for the most part, while I kind of appreciated the sort of uh, the 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 fundamental fact that it was created well, that it was crafted with love and with dignity, and, and I guess is the is the kind of right way to think about it. Again, thinking about what's happening with Sonic right now is is the sort of opposite of that. <laughs> is is positive, but uh, but ultimately the film was not um, was was barely you know it was it was kind of. It's not offensively bad, but it was just merely okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and but to an, to me, being okay is almost n- not okay. That's one of your cardinals. Y- no, I mean, I, I, you know, like it's it. There's nothing. There's nothing transcendent about it. And and transcendency is not you know is not a is not a every film kind of goal. But this is sort of just floating on a level that is like it just happened. You know, like I, I don't walk away going, I need to see more of this. I don't walk away with a greater engagement of this. I have more questions than I have answers. Mm. Um, and and that's kind of where I land on it. And like, and I think ultimately the other question is, is if you're going to do this particular Detective Pikachu film, you know, like is part of the exercise to get someone like me who has no inv- investment in this world to be invested in this world. And in that level, mm. no, I don't. I th- oh, what were you? Well, yeah, I, I did want to echo that. Like one of my when I was kind of you know v- trying to log some observations uh, about the piece, I did think that the the marriage of the live action and the CG was definitely yeah. We're, we're, we're I don't want to say fortunate because again, uh, professionals poured time and energy into it. But like, and we've seen it gone awry. Yeah, and this was not one of those cases like again i think you're right they they painted that world incredibly you mean even from like moment one yeah i was like you know as soon as i saw some of the interaction they showed rhyme city i was like oh thank goodness because you know what i mean like i had seen i had seen the trailer and stuff like that so like i knew uh like pikachu looked awesome i'd seen some of that stuff but like you know to see the would work in the larger world and and to not see certain like big things that jumped out and you're like yeah we all just all know what that feels like when something that doesn't quite gel properly yeah Yeah. they did an incredible job with that i even think of you know, I want to say this is a simple thing, but it's like I just know that it's like so not from from being a filmmaker and being an actor. Like when Tim is carrying the injured Pikachu, <laughs> like I'm like, do you know how hard that is? <laughs> like they have to animate a thing behind Tim's yeah. arm and have it like move, yeah. in an organic way. But he's like probably carrying like a bag of potatoes that's <laughs> painted green. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and he's crying over it. <laughs> I'm ex- exaggerating about what he's carrying, but like when seeing all that and seeing how like organic it really looked. Yeah. And I heard people too, like even people from the cast were like. 
they were like, they were so, th- a lot of them were very thrilled with the way Pikachu came out. They're like, you just want to squeeze him. Yeah. Like, you just want to, like, you want you want one. You want to get one, which is like, yeah. that is kind of the heart of Pikachu in general and why it's such a um, touchstone for the for the, for the the franchise. You yeah. know, everybody wants to have a Pikachu. It doesn't matter who you yeah. are. Like, my wife is like, like, where can we get one? Like, you <laughs> yeah. know. It's funny. You, Shahir, you bring up, too, how it's uh, you felt like it was a bit of a branding exercise more so than, say, an Into the Spider-Verse feels. Uh, I've always seen... For in my adult life, Pokemon is a branding exercise. Like it is, it's it's very nature. It's 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 in the theme song. Gotta catch them all, and that means either time or money to mm-hmm. to do the things that you need to do. Games, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, watching shows, advertisements, da da da. For whatever reason, this was the first Pokemon experience truly that I had none of that. Right, and that's and it's interesting to me that as a fresh face, that's what you saw immediately. Yeah. And as someone whom I feel like I was, I've been engrossed in it in a long time. This felt the most weirdly like non-commercial and like human emotional thing, which again is why I forgave more of its like mm-hmm. story and structure problems mm-hmm. because. I, I, I literally, right until you said that, I had completely forgotten about all of the commercialism that is in Pokemon. Right. And it's all there. Like, there's yeah. no question that it is. But, like, it's it's weird that I just now am like, oh, yeah, that's part of the point. And, yeah. I, and, and this movie washed that from me completely. Do you think on any level, Shahir, you know, the fact that the story, like, left you a little kind of lukewarm? Do you think it kind of then, the, like, your analysis kind of went back to what the baser roots of what you knew it came out of? Did you ever go like, okay, like, I know at its heart this is, like, derived from a card game and a video game? No, uh, I, the, the point here is that almost everything we watch is a branding sure. exercise. You know, like, <laughs> like, we live in a world where franchise building is kind of the fundamental core of what any sure. studio wants to do so yeah. th- it's not it's not a revelation that this is a branding exercise what i i guess my point is here is that while the st- while the visualization of the world felt entirely transcendent and never kind of made me think about that the storyline itself felt somewhat uh, flat mm-hmm. i guess is the word i would i would describe it, it yeah. and flat to, to the point where I didn't care really what was happening in front of me for, um, sure. for, for most of what most of what was happening. I, d- I wasn't, you know, like there was no sort of, there's no point at which where the film was kind of offensively bad. And I think the the, the reason you, that can get away with that is you you have to acknowledge that this is a film designed for kids. And, and sort of the revolutionary thing that Roger Rabbit did was made a very adult film for sure. kids. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that that's a, that's a hard noir film with a lot of, material in it that doesn't feel like kids should be watching it. And so I think the the sort of world we live in now, you know, a film like Who Framed Roger Rabbit and the Detective Pikachu world just wouldn't possibly no. happen. Um yeah. but I but I also think that, that that's kind of the the problem for me is that having no brand affiliation to mm-hmm. the thing, there other than the look of the film uh, there's no nothing to cling on to, and the problem and the problem there is I, I always say this is that if the thing you're clinging on to is the look, then you're not really clinging on to the film. Well, sure, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. You know, like you're just sort of. Yeah, we had this. I think I'm just looking behind us. There was a conversation around Batman v Superman where one of our guests was like, "This is the best Batman ever," and I was like, oh, "Well, yeah. I think I think just the look is the best Batman ever, but this is kind of one of the." the worst iterations sure, of Batman sure, ever. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that's where I'm coming from for it is that is that it doesn't quite fulfill any function outside of I do acknowledge this thing looks great. Yeah. 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 It, sure. you know, it's got this sort of Blade Runner kind yeah. of uh, designed <laughs> like, uh, look that 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 feels 
completely Blade Runner meets Nintendo. Yeah, but but like, like but I, I think that's a really bold choice. And I, I also you know the, the fact that you guys mentioned earlier the 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 notion that Detective Pikachu is like this sort of offset of the of the world. I think that's a really cool choice. Like I like the idea. I think it's a smart choice yeah. because I think they knew that, like Matt touched on earlier, that if you just kind of went with the OG staple and tried to like bring people along to your your prototypical universe, like hey, we're in a made up place where there's like a you're gonna like a trainer, and we just tried to go down that road. I think you're right; it would have been harder to to bring people along to, to for that ride. You know yeah. I mean? So I think I, not only do I think it was a bold choice, but I think it was uh, a good smart choice. Yeah. yeah, and and I, I I love all of that side of it. I just I kind of feel like the 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 actual the reason to be here, which is always to me, is like, what is the story we're telling? Yeah. And does the story compelling on its own feet? I'm not quite there. I yeah. was hoping, I was hoping that Tim's story would be enough. Like after seeing it and wondering what you would think about Shahir, I was hoping because I knew that the story itself by the end of it didn't even hold up for me. Right. Um, but I, I was like, man, Tim, and again, Justice Smith, I. I, well, my big question there is why doesn't he recognize his dad's voice? Well, so that's yeah, yeah that's a huge. I mean, that's, it's, it's, that's it's huge. just such a huge yep. barrier to kind of like that's not really touched upon. It is not, and and so like nope. and that's that kind of fundamental story sure. thing that doesn't. That's a quite... that's a breakable moment. Mm, yeah. uh, but his journey in itself, and again, I don't even think that like the ending when it's revealed that like Ryan Reynolds plays his dad, like I, I don't think it's handled well. Yeah. Uh, but I I enjoyed the 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 catharsis of like the end of the journey in a weird way I was hoping anyway because it, it and this is more so in the first two thirds of the film and why I think I forgave sort of the third the, the last third with all of its problems is that I was so like weirdly invested in this this character in Tim's character's journey even though it was nonsensical <laughs> and it jumped too quickly from a lot of, like what you said, Jake, Game of Thrones, sort of like hopping all over the damn place. Game of Thrones season eight, obviously. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of season seven. But uh, don't if for anyone who hasn't seen it yet, don't tell them that Ned Stark comes back. Oh, that's yeah, true. That was yeah. a powerful, yeah. Yeah. powerful moment. Uh, yeah, and really. then Tony Stark. No. Um, <laughs> also came back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no! Um, Spoilers yeah. out. Uh, it's over. Um, but uh, I, I, I was curious. <laughs> I was curious uh, that if it worked, and, I, and, and it didn't, which is totally fine because there's a lot. There's a lot of issue here. I, I guess you know fundamentally as well, like uh, his journey from like um, um, an unsuccessful trainer or a person who's kind of abandoned the training world to where he ends up at the end. We're well, still not a trainer at the end. But yeah, like, it he, doesn't. It, you know, just, and again, just just as a comparison, thinking about Spider Man into the Spider Verse, where Miles begins and where sure. Miles ends. Look, you know I'm, what I mean? I'm not going to say that this movie's story and emotional through line is in any way in the same contendership as Into the Spider Verse. But just uh, won an Academy Award, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but 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 you, I guess what I mean there is that it's really clear and and easy to grapple with, and it is cathartic by the end of Into the Spider-Verse what that film is trying to do. It's no really doubt. unclear and not cathartic by, you know, like, I, 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 you know, like, I love complexity in films. I love films mm -hmm. that, like, are abstract and unusual, you know, like we did Burning last week, which I, I, I kind of really sure. latch on to films that kind of challenge me in very difficult ways. But I also, well, I love films that have simplicity to them if the simplicity, like, lends itself to an elegant piece of catharsis. Oh, and what, this is not one of them. What, Mr. Mime isn't abstract enough for you, I, Shahir? I really like Mr. Mime. <laughs> I, so, okay, visually, again, I think what they did with Mr. Mime was really cool. I, and, I, and I also love terror, the Terror Turtles. I was like, oh, that's us. That, but again, I think I was just more latching on to the, the, the kind of 
mechanics of that sure. than I was yeah, yeah. actually what was happening. But Mr. Mime, you know, like the idea that you could sit Mr. Mime on fire by pretending to sit him on fire. I thought, oh, that's pretty dark and cool. Yeah, weird, you yeah. Know? It was you know, it, for that for that ending. I mean, you're right. Like that's definitely you know for for folks that are watching it, you might again be an eyebrow raising moment. And again, <laughs> it, it doesn't um, make it all necessarily. You know, just kind of sw- sweep it all under the rug. But I, I had the same perspective you had. Like when I got done with that, I was like, I was like, I have to assume that that moment isn't for me. You know what mm. I mean? Like I'm watching it and I know what happened, but I think that there's a chance that if I were a younger viewer, yeah, I would have had even even if I didn't yet have the capacity to kind of like dig in a little bit deeper, I'd have been like, whoa, mm. the whole time. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And like I said, that that doesn't that doesn't mean that we shouldn't like raise the question. Yeah, but I did see like. It's it's kind of a, a slightly ham handed revelation, you know. Yeah. What I mean? Like like, and didn't you know? Uh, but but, I, but to your point, I think you know. Like I wonder, you know, like almost in a sense, I I wish we had like a ten year old joining us sure. on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Could, oh if, my god! If, if they were really right in, kids, yeah. right in, yeah. yeah. Send your comments, in. <laughs> yeah, and ignore all the explicit content. Of that course, oh, yeah. In this oh, yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but you know, like I I would love to. I I saw it. I saw this late at night. So I don't, there was a kid in the audience, but I didn't hear what they were kind of like saying. And it was weird because it was like, you didn't I went approach to, them afterwards. No, like, I didn't. Hi, uh, <laughs> I'm hey, here. Excuse me. Uh, with a microphone. Uh, family, yeah. could I chat with your child? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Could I just take your child? No. Um, uh, because it was, it was also a 1030 screening. And I, like when someone brings a kid to a 1030 screening well, on a Monday, no. <laughs> I'm like, they don't got school. Where'd you see it? I saw it at 1030 as well. I saw it at the Kaufman Astoria. Oh, okay. right God, here, I was in so. Brooklyn. Yeah. 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 Um, but, but, you know, I would be curious if a kid really, Really responds to this. Well, actually, listeners with kids, how yeah. about this? Write us They're in onlymoviepodcast yeah. at gmail.com. If you've seen this movie with your child, uh, tell us, you know, how how that experience not only affected you, but it, if they've talked to you about like what they've actually thought about the film. If it's because there's two sort of levels of like child interest, I feel like when it comes to media, it's one is like blatant excitement, like screaming about a thing and like really wanting like and da and sort of inspiring play, I guess mm-hmm. I'll say. And then the second one would be like. Like actually, and this is probably for slightly older kids, but like talking about what happened and asking questions about certain things. I think this film kind of falls into like a weird category where because because people have asked me, did you take your? I've got a three year old son. Did you take your son to the movie? And I was like, no, I, I, there's no way I would take my son to this movie because it mm. feels like it's way too grown up for him. Sure, yeah. And then I feel like it 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 also it falls into like this weird zone of like ten to. 16 or something around that Maybe. ballpark where this is where the film works you know like and i think beyond that i don't think it it might work for a, to an extent but not really and i think beyond the the 21 year old i'm not sure this film's going to really work yeah, sure and like i said unless you're uh like a, a fan, you know yeah. what I mean? Or, yeah. or nostalgia factor. I mean, like, you know, because, like, we go see, think about it. Like, we, if you can't get out to it and you ch- check it Rotten Tomatoes and, like, one of the Marvel movies gets just, like, absolutely obliterated, yeah. we still go. I mean, you know what I'm <laughs> well, saying? There's, there's a lot of reasons we still go, but, it, and this podcast being one of them for me, but. <laughs> and I, I would just go. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, no, and, and I think that comes down to brand recognition as well. Like, mm-hmm. this wasn't Pikachu if this was just uh, a, a, you know, a random story with random characters that we'd never seen before. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a very kind of middling kind of feeling that I have from this because I think the visual side of it mm-hmm. is so good uh, and so and, and so well-established that, that it's sort of a... It, I think it, I nailed something in my uh, brain real okay. quick, and, and both of you, please chime in. We'll let you know. Okay, that, I appreciate that. <laughs> Visually, and for me, uh, on one or two character moments, it elevated the property. 
mm-hmm. I feel like. Mm-hmm. From a story perspective, like weirdly, and I don't, actually this isn't that weird. I think like even the first Pokemon movie, which this movie actually harkens back to, like the, there's a line about Mewtwo and like yep. hasn't been seen in 20 years since the the Kodos region or whatever it was. Like that's mm-hmm. the first animated film they're referencing when they first discover Mewtwo. Yeah. The, that movie actually is a really heavy emotional journey. I don't know if you've seen it, Jake, uh, in a long time. Right? I'm pretty sure that Shahir has not. <laughs> I haven't even either. But I remember watching it uh, even as an older person and being like, oh, wow, like this is this is deeper than I was expecting. So like a film like that, I think, also elevated the medium from a story and sort of emotional through line point where this did not. Right. Like, and, and it's and it's, there is a weird sort of balancing act uh, for, I think, everyone who watches it who is an adult. Um <laughs> Whether or not the balancing act is something, if if that's a tightrope that they are, uh, I guess, willing to walk. I think my analogy broke down, but the bottom line is it (laughs) elevates the medium in in certain regards. And it definitely is a step back. I've seen – basically what I was trying to say is I've seen Pokemon cartoons that deal with more – uh, have better story, basically, is, is right. what I'm trying to say. And uh, and so I, this worked for me, but I totally see how it can absolutely not work for a lot of people. I'm going to just chime in with a couple of tweets here from uh, at Driven It by Tatiana, uh, who, say, who, who basically chimes in with just a little bit of Mewtwo uh, backstory. Maybe you guys can kind of verify this for me. But in Pokemon, the first Mew- movie, Mewtwo was created in a lab and hates humans. He's trying to take over the world and is cloned by other po- Pokemon. Mewtwo is cloned from Mew. Yes. Is that is, what, what, does that, that is have correct. any bearing on this story? Not really. Not really. Well, in, in only in that like there is reason to maybe be concerned about Mewtwo. Like Mewtwo, uh, again from the first movie is like an angry Pokemon who has been forced into existence. Yeah. I guess uh, by by humans, I believe. Yeah. Mew is an ancient Pokemon, one of the most powerful ancient Pokemon that's supposed to be dead, but then they found its DNA, cloned it, and then Jurassic made Park it style? in a lad Jurassic Park style and made Mew too. Which Mew, that all went swimmingly. Yeah, it right. went great. Everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> spared no expense. Um, but the. Then Mewtwo freaks out because he's like, why did you do this? They were torturing it, trying to figure out stuff. In this movie, they kind of do it again with like taking the R out. Oh, yeah. Is R a reference to Team Rocket? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they then so then that's why Mewtwo is sort of like angry in that film. Okay. And then by the end of that, he and Ash kind of have like a moment of catharsis and he just like goes off. Like he's mm-hmm. like, I'll I'm not going to destroy humanity anymore because you taught me whatever the heck and blah blah blah. So in that first moment when you saw Mewtwo because it is he's like literally the first Pokemon you see mm-hmm. when you see him and if you're a fan of the show, if you know the world, if you know the lore, you'll be like, oh that's snap, a that's a right? stick. Yeah Actually, you might be yeah you know yeah. what that might be a weird another reason why a non-fan or someone who's not familiar with the world instantly doesn't connect because I feel like in the Pokemon universe, the second you see Mewtwo, you're like, "Oh shit's about there to get real." There might be a problem, especially like, if it's if, right. it's if it's trapped back in that like scientific lab. You're like, "This is not good." Like, it's oh, basically as I watched it, I was like, "I don't know what this is." It's, yeah. yeah, I know exactly, but it's basically the Thanos of. Pokemon in a weird way. So okay. when you see that, and I, I was shocked that they opened with that. I was like, really? We're, leading? We're yeah. leading with Mewtwo? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so sorry, we interrupted. No, no, no. And then one more tweet just from Laura Kate, uh, who says, uh, who's basically just reviewing the film for us, but who said it was a fun first half. Justice Ryan worked well. The Terra Turtles was so incredibly unnecessary. Uh, whole yeah. last act was just off. Ryan Reynolds does not become a fatherly figure just when you put glasses on him. But God, I could stare at Chuck. <laughs> little Pikachu for hours. Uh, <laughs> fair. I think I think that you know, like we all kind of find the things that do does and doesn't work for us. Yeah, and yeah. and you know, this is just one of those cases. I like the Terra Turtles, but I agree. There's no they just sort of happen and and there's no real 
rhyme or reason to why they happen. There's a throwaway line as to why they exist and they're so big because they're experimenting on them. They're like, oh, are these them? This is their normal size. What right. the heck? And then they go outside and then that's that turns out that that's the tank. But, is but the... it doesn't have consequence to the story, right? Literally none. Yeah. So, uh, and, and, you know. And, well, yes. except that there's like a, isn't, there's kind of like a, a saving moment, uh, right? Doesn't, somebody helps Tim, but or I think Pikachu, does Pikachu help Tim, but then Pikachu gets hurt, and then like it sets up that, so the territory it does, yes. the, so the, brings the, us into that. It's, right. it's a pretty elaborate way to get us into a Pikachu mm. injury. <laughs> My question yeah. is, who captures a turtle? Oh no one! No one! No, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. no one! Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. Because I, mean, I think they're saying that, that <laughs> like they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't touch on Mega Evolution in here. But Mega Evolution is something that was introduced back in like the XY series, which is kind of like the, you know, we've seen you know uh, the Pokemon that have evolved to their top levels but then we learn a little bit about mega evolution which is this like process that would allow them to go even a little bit further but uh, what they're saying uh you know with the, the if they're if they are the terror turtles yeah. um the that that whatever happened to them was obviously like beyond the pale of the type of experimentation that should be happening yeah yeah because you, you, know, you professor sycamore's specialty is mega evolution if Indeed. i remember oh right, right. well Indeed, it, yeah. but it is kind of like like the the terror turtles seemed like they are a game world changing event, but they're kind of just a, a background event <laughs> in this film. They're going back to sleep. Don't worry about them. Yeah. Don't worry about them. Cool. Everything's fine. Everything's yeah, fine. Yeah. They're not going to walk towards. Rhyme I mean, I would City. love if the end if the end shot was just like a pan into the sky, tilt yeah. down, and we see a pterodactyl yeah. like approaching the city. Walking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just just trouncing Rhyme City. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like walk, they want to work walk. together. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we want to work here. And then they pan over, and then we see Ash. Right? Yeah, Would and then Ash the... is in the. I don't. I don't want. I don't. Ash is at the helm. Yeah, he's riding it. Oh, wow. I don't know personally, and I know we're, we're wrapping up. I don't want to see an Ash in a movie. I don't want. It. Yeah, I, I don't. Th- you know. Well, I don't know. I. Uh... I, I do think it should stick to the animated the movies. The movies that we bring uh, bring out every year still continue to find like really cool narratives and different things to explore, whether it's on a personal level or something you know within the science of the yeah. realm and thing like that. And I think they're doing a great job with that. But you're right, like trying to that's like you know the struggles that um, like the DBZ world have had in make, making a live action Dragon Ball Z. Yep. Like even these iconic characters and you put them in there, like we struggle with it a little bit with connecting. Um, one thing I did want to bring up too, which you know maybe we touched on, but they're in Detective Pikachu. The, throughout the whole thing, like, I think you you knew from the trailer that there was definitely this is very much like a father son movie. Yeah, like, this is like a deep part of it. That I thought it was like really clear from the trailer, and then throughout the movie, it's about like um uh like an absentee father, right? Right? Like, yeah. wouldn't we all agree? Like, there are so many shots of someone who is most likely not Ryan Reynolds, of course, wearing yeah. a ski cap. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not I'm not exactly sure in the film why they're estranged. The mother passed away, and then he lived with his. The mother's mother, I think. I think it was a yeah, grandmother. Yeah. The father went off to do work, which we assume he buried himself in his work, especially solving <laughs> crimes. crimes because he was he was distraught over the. the but then, like, there none was... of the stuff kind of says I should abandon my. Child. No, no, but then, like, he's there's got other all that things... money from Deadpool. Why? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Work? I, I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, the the mirror... then, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, but then there's a scene, and they, and I don't think the flashback scenes work particularly well in this film either. But the there's a scene where like he's going to go on the train to Rhyme City to visit his father, and then he just doesn't want to go. Right. And then it's sort of like it it became apparent to me that like it felt and again, they don't do this eloquently, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. both Tim and Ryan Reynolds, father Ryan Reynolds, both kind of like 
equally avoided each other, probably from the pain of losing the mother slash wife. And again, I'm I reaching. I, I didn't get any of that. There, like I, I was just like, oh, they were strange for. But a there are. Th- I mean, there were moments of that, but they definitely did not. You know what? Focus what actually that. kind of I, I thought was like an interesting link, but didn't quite connect was the idea that the Bill Nye and his son were kind of hitting down the same path and mirrored the Ryan Reynolds Tim relationship oh, in some way. I, I thought that was kind of an interesting, yeah. you know, dynamic, but. Didn't, I felt like we needed so much more time to unpack that too. Like the thing that they tried to set up with Mil Dai's son, like it felt. Here's another thing too about from the writing standpoint, like because of the amount of stuff they apparently wanted to shoehorn in, we got told a fair amount of things. Yeah. Um, and you Especially like stuff with, with 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 3D uh, like recreation. Yes. Like, um, the that second was time it happened, I was like, okay, guys, are we doing yeah. this? You know, yeah. Like, the cool. device. Uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like, like as soon as they did it the first time, I was like. I am already concerned about the next time you bring <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this technology is now going to be everywhere. I'm sorry, I cut you off in terms of like the the shoehorning of, of what they were trying to do in this story. Oh, who knows? I have no idea what I was saying. <laughs> uh, 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 when we're talking about Bill uh, and his son, yeah. um, the, there's another thing too. Do you guys uh, have you watched or talked about uh, Love, Death, and Robots? Have you yeah, guys? I've seen a, a few bit, of yeah. them, but yeah. I have not gone through the entire series. Has anybody seen the the first one of the first uh, season? Well, it's uh, different. Things... They it's different depending on where you are. They they oh, actually there was a social experiment to see how many people stuck with it based on what was their first episode. Wow, that's genius. I yeah. love that. The first one for my region, yes. uh, <laughs> was I believe is uh, Sunny's Edge. I think is that the one that's basically Pokemon, but like real dark. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So the rest is the reason I brought it up uh, because Sunny's Edge. I think it's that. I hope I'm getting the name right. Uh, spoiler alert for this one as well. Sure. But the uh, the end of it, there. Well, the, the battling system is that people can use like basically they are in charge of battling these incredible, powerful creatures, and it's very dark and very disturbing. Um, and what we learn at the end of this is that the reveal which is pretty dramatic in yeah. the piece like it's it's a dark piece and it's powerful and the ending does actually get you um is that the person isn't just controlling the creature like the person has actually transferred their entire like right. mental state into it so it's not like hey i'm me i'm controlling the thing like no it's like they've fully put themselves into the creature yeah and it's again i uh, <laughs> if it sounds basic coming out of my mouth like definitely fire it up and watch it assuming you're uh of the appropriate age sure yeah it's a pretty it's a pretty adult yeah. episode yeah. Yeah. have you seen this one she or no i don't believe i've, I've only seen a handful of the love right. think you'd remember it it's pretty like yeah, yeah it's pretty it's it's a graphic and uh but so anywho like it was interesting having seen that like this isn't the first time we've ever seen like people battling each other trying to control a creature but maybe it's because i saw you know sunny's this oh, year yeah. that I saw that part at the end and as soon as they put that on his head and he like transferred himself into to Mewtwo I was like hmm you know right, I mean? right, like yeah. it, it gave me a little bit of deja vu I think the only thing there in that ending was that it was un, it was done so quickly and undone so quickly it also didn't have like you know the classic th- screenwriting structure thing which was that there was no ticking clock to get us to that point it was like wasn't no. it evident why Mewtwo needed to do this at this point and not sure, just at sure. any other point and also you could just what just take Bill Knight out of the mm-hmm. out of the headset and then it's over yeah. like that's the thing like he's just gonna stay at his desk forever no my, my wife Jenna leaned over to me and she's like what's gonna happen to all the people yeah, yeah. and I was like I think they're gonna and then at that moment everybody's like coming back <laughs> and I was like there we go okay we got um, oh sorry oh no I was gonna say do you have one more thing on that only other thing I like the uh, the little beady eyes of the uh, uh, the shape shifting oh creature. I thought that ditto was, actually, mm-hmm. was a show stealer in yeah, my indeed, opinion yeah. I had no 
idea it was going to be the actress who was like the sneaky, uh, like spy sort of character. And then when it just started, I thought that was that was the only time in this movie I was actually surprised by anything was that that would turned out to be a ditto. I didn't understand what was happening, but I was like, oh, those beady eyes look cool. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, so another moment where like the universe kind of left a a person who was coming to it, um, what considered the blank slate, a little bit behind. I mean, I understood that there was a cloning character. I just didn't understand why there was. a Did cloning you know character. its name was Ditto? I did not. It did. They didn't say it. That's why. I, well, actually, I don't think that. Oh no, they do call it out. They're like, it's it's just Ditto or whatever, and it actually does go Ditto like it would. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. Um, so I think we can all agree that we don't agree entirely, the three of us, on everything of this film. But that's that's, that's, that's okay. That's because we all see different. We'd all have different starter Pokemon, Shahir. Yeah, I I I know nothing. You I would know nothing, have, Jon Snow. Ooh, who would who would your starter Pokemon be, Shahir? Isn't just no one just starts on Pikachu? No, you you everyone has their own sort of like oh. you can get yeah, Charmander, well, you can get yourself a Squirtle. I uh, honestly think Shahir would Squirtle be Squirtle sounds like a venereal type? disease. Yeah, no. well, yeah, you don't want to catch a squirrel. No, okay. no, don't get a squirrel. <laughs> um again, I'm not sort of caught up. I would say that Shahir would like the versatility of an Eevee. Oh, wait, ah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't go wrong with an Eevee. I'm gonna Eevee's just Google, Google what an Eevee is. Eevees can evolve into, what, eight different things or something? Most oh, of them can cute. only do, like, three. They're, like, these cool fox-looking things, and they're all, depending on what element you go towards. Yeah, very oh, cute. very cute. Yeah. Very, uh, yes, indeed. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> wow. Well, we covered a bunch of stuff about the history of Pokemon and whatnot. This has been the only podcast about the film Detective Pikachu, by the way, uh, so just in case you're wondering. Jake! Thank you. Thank so you so much for coming by. Hey, thank and, you so much for having me. And and nerding out with me and helping me educate. Yeah, and educating me. <laughs> Class is in session. All I can say is that I hope that most of it was right. <laughs> yeah, we yeah we uh, we did the best we could. Indeed, I've worked on. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to work on this show for a while. Work on some other properties. So if I ended up jamming a lot of things together, if I said for some reason that uh, something was a mech versus okay. a, versus a Pokemon, that was probably a mistake. Yeah, my Captain um, America moment is I understood that reference. Uh, <laughs> uh, when. When, when you are not uh, voicing all of the melodious characters that you do, where can folks find you? Actually, I, tell me where they can find you other than that, and then tell me where they can currently find you in that. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, if folks ever want to harass me on social media or anything, Twitter's usually the best way to do that. I'm just at Jake Paik, J-A-K-E-P-A-Q-U-E. Um, that's a good way to reach me. Um, I do, I'm a big fan of uh, fan art and the art community that surrounds so many of these things, whether it's um, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh!, Winx Club, Gundam, any of that type of stuff. Um, also, like, uh, for fans of D&D out there. Um, a couple of my uh, colleagues uh, are the people that run and do uh, Critical Role. Oh, nice. Um, Matt Mercer's crew. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I know Matt and Sam um, and I think I've run into a couple of their folks from that team. Yeah. Uh, but they do incredible work and too like their their relationship with the fan community and the fan art is just so fantastic the reason I bring it up is because I do try and um, like people will send me pictures mm -hmm. of like art from a show I'm in or from my characters and I always try and like share that stuff because it's not a skill that I have and I really marvel at it and yeah. I think the stuff that people create is just uncanny so I love sharing that um, I, thought I, you, I thought you were just like trying to get more people to send you fan you, art right yeah, now yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> if you that... aren't drawing uh, fan art uh, of my characters start now <laughs> <laughs> And then, so you're you're obviously uh, Professor Sycamore on on the current sort of gen of uh, the last the last arc. So gotcha. we're in Sun and Moon now. For X, Y, and Z, uh, I was the professor, then uh, Professor Sycamore. Um, right now, as I mentioned, I, I voice uh, some of the, some Pokemon, and then I'm also a recurring character as uh, one of the members of Team Skull. That's right. I'm Zip. Uh, okay. Who is, who is this? Is it'll be a joke for anybody that follows the show, but I'm definitely the, the leader. Uh, definitely okay. The leader. <laughs> 
Your assistant um, to the regional manager. <laughs> I said leader. Uh, no, and it's kind of funny too because like his voice is so different than anything I've done on the show before. Like some people have like like you know hit me up online. They're like like wait like you're doing that role after doing you know Professor Sycamore or whatever because they let me do something pretty fun. Uh, nice, pretty that's, crazy. That's always good when they give us a taste, or is it um, we we can't hear it. Well, I mean, no, I can do um. Uh, I can do something that it won't be from this show, but yeah, he's got like this, uh, <laughs> like, so Professor Sycamore was like a very scholarly, like, very compassionate kind guy, and then uh, the zip from Team Skull is like, like, yeah, boy, get him! <laughs> um, like, he's like somebody who's like always talk screaming and like has a really high-pitched voice that like cracks a lot of the time, and people are like, wait, what? That so that's very cool. cool. Um, it's definitely a zip. That's yeah, definitely yeah, a, it's the, very name, zippy, the namesake yeah. is good. Uh, and then, yeah, I think the other one that, uh, that I'm doing, like I said, right now, uh, I'm playing uh, Yusaku Fujiki, who's the protagonist on uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Vrains, mm-hmm. which is uh, uh, a very exciting big deal. Um, our, our first season uh, just went live, I think, um, earlier this year. Okay. So, uh, yeah, no, it's exciting. Got, got an awesome cast and crew. The, the art style and animation on, uh, the, on Yu-Gi-Oh! is, uh, well, something that like I am just in love with. Like, yeah. they, they're great. And my team, uh, the directors, engineers, everybody there is just fantastic. So. Yu-Gi-Oh! is something that I've... I've never followed, but every time I flip through a channel and the art style hits, I'm always like, oh. And like, I'll just, I'll get entranced for it until basically the show's over. Uh, and uh, yeah, no, it's, that's very cool. I like that a lot. Yeah, so we'll have to bring you back for the Yu Gi Oh! movie. For when, when yeah. the live action Yu Gi Oh! movie yeah. comes in. Fingers crossed. Fingers no, but crossed. please come back anytime. Anytime, too, that you want to talk about uh, a film that you are passionate about, whether you love it or hate it, we, you know, are wonderful guests. Uh, we love having you back because uh, it, we, we talk about a lot of our, our Brett. We did Detective Pikachu this week. We did uh, the Korean film, film Burning, Burning which is, week. if you want a, a, a difference in <laughs> spectrum. in, in yeah. spectrum of, of film, that's where we are. Well, we're also on another podcast this week. We're oh, on the Test right. of Time podcast, talking about an even broader spectrum of film. Oh we're talking about God. William Friedkin's 1977 film, Sorcerer, which may... Have you heard or know of the film Sorcerer? I know of it, but I know that I haven't seen it. Yeah, I'm, many people haven't seen it because it was released uh, the same week as a little film called Star Wars, yeah. and basically disappeared off the face of the planet because of we that. We got him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're on the Test of Time podcast. You can hear us riffing on the film Sorcerer. You can also find my work at www.shahirdowd.com. That's S-H-A-H-A-H-A. I can't it. even spell my you name probably. It. I believe in you. Probably. Uh, I'll start that again. www.shahirdowd.com. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Matt, where can folks find you? Uh, you can find me at M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com for my life and works. Also, Skeletor, the number four, P-R-E-Z on Instagram or Emperor M-S-K on Twitter. As always, to check out all of our good works we're doing over on Extra Credits on YouTube. We have, what's coming out Monday? Oh, we got a cool one coming out, which actually I got to flex a little bit of, of, of character chops on, which I was very excited about. It's called uh, Warriors and Warlocks, and it's Ooh. basically uh, Russian mythology, and it's about uh, a, a soldier that comes back from war and saves a town from a warlock and I chewed a lot of scenery and it was very very fun <laughs> uh, and then I think what do we got oh and then uh, we have a, an episode for on our gaming side uh, about comfortable play and when you are and you brought up Matt Mercer and sort of the critical role stuff uh, for tabletop RPGs and things like that like what's the best way to keep uh, your players and your community that you do sort of in a space where they feel comfortable to explore but also that they feel comfortable in being like I'm not cool with where this is going mm, and how uh, you can do that without the game breaking huh? so wow, that's, that's very great. good stuff too. when you said comfortable play I was like imagining nachos and 
pajamas. I mean, that's also too. That yeah. that episode was actually written by uh, Eddie Webb, who uh, was one of the writers in the original Vampire: The Masquerade RPG, which is uh, wow. phenomenal. I mean, that, like I even bowed down to him, like goth fourteen year old me. I was like, I can't believe I'm working with this guy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so check all that stuff out. Thank you, everyone, so much for uh, listening, and we will talk at you. What are we doing next week? I'm not sure. Maybe email us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com and hit us up with a suggestion. Um, I don't know what's coming out next week. I would love to do John Wick three, but I don't know if I'm I can actually, get. I'm actually curious to see it because I've seen the first one. You haven't seen the second one. Did you see the second one? I just watched both. Have you seen any of them? Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Both. Yeah. yeah, both. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious. Cur- I'm and John I have... Wick Reloaded, which it's not called. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but that's Italian. Uh, if you've seen I Matrix have... two, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And I've then Revolutions, Revelations, Revolutions. That was the third one. Yeah, I have different thoughts about John Wick, having only seen one of them. Okay. Well, maybe we'll do it. Maybe we'll do it. Anyway, again, Jake, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you all next week. Bye. Thanks for